And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Jason Lyles of a lot of cool things, including Hellraiser. Very good to have you here. Hey, thank you so much for having me today, Neil. I appreciate you reaching out, and I'm excited to talk some movies and stuff. Yeah. Then, uh, first of all, for people who don't know, you play Chatterer in the new Hellraiser because I don't think they could they could see that right away. Yeah, I hope no. not. Anyway, I no, I I literally the only person who's ever I actually have a friend now who one time in a bathroom at like a Hollywood party was like, "Hey, anybody ever tell you you look like the guy that played the gorilla in Rampage?" That's the only thing close to that stuff. Re- really? That's the one time. <laughs> and then and I said, "That's me." And he's like, "Oh, what?" But yeah, nobody stops me. Like you kind of look like the chatterer. That's Doesn't wild, happen. though. So I wonder, he must have seen, did he see you out? I assume he must have saw pictures of you out of uh, costume. He Not pro- just like, wow, he, you really look like the gorilla. I think he said he, he, he'd seen the picture of me on day one next to Dwayne Johnson on the in the mocap suit on the arm extensions, or, or he saw behind the scenes or something. Um, and I was just like, we're going to be friends. You're awesome. You watched that? <laughs> what? <Yeah>. No way. <laughs> and you're one of the few people who make uh, The Rock look uh, shorter. Yes, he is. Um, I don't want to say smaller because he's still very wide, but he's yeah. huge. His arms are like legs. He's massive, <laughs> but he he is a sweet, sweet, sweet man. As you can tell from watching any videos of him on Instagram or anything like that with his family, that's he's not putting it on. That's just him. But yeah, he's about six four or so, and um, so hugging him and his head goes into my shoulder, like into my, you know that's weird. <laughs> it's a little yeah. weird. Yeah. How tall are you, by the way? Six foot nine. Wow. So. When you first started to get into into show business, like, did you want to pursue acting? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, I always wanted to be an actor. My brother and I made short films on his handy cam with little tiny, whatever the cassette tape tiny things are back in the day. And um, and I just never went after it in high school. I just never believed I could. And certain things inspired me, mainly the the Dark Knight coming out and Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. And I was working at Blockbuster at the time and rented every Heath Ledger film was so inspired took some acting classes in college, director of theater pushed me, hey, I think you should make this your, your major. And I was like, I'm oh, great. And my dad and I visited New York and before he's like, you're not moving to New York, no. And then we, we visited New York, he said, oh, you need to be here, this is great. And moved there and I just heard I was too tall because you know, name me, we could talk about it, you probably could, but most people name me five, six and a half foot tall actors are taller, there aren't many people and then I, um, but I, I didn't know anything about these types of characters, creatures and monsters and all the actors that have played those characters um, until uh, until Men in Black 3. And I got to work with Rick Baker as several aliens. And that showed me, you know, yeah, I study theater and, I, and I'll be a human every now and then. Right. And that's it. But, man, this is where I really fit, where 99 percent of people can't. I've got to go all in on this. And um and I did. I met people like Doug Jones, who's become a mentor, and other people, and makeup artists out here in LA. And they said, "If you're here, we can help you. If you aren't, we can't." So I moved out here after being in New York, and uh, been here for seven years. And that's when Death Note and so many other things really kicked off. That the last handful of years, yeah, yeah. Now I assume you're up for a lot of the same roles of a lot of people uh, who play uh, similar creatures. Yes. Is there yes. like a rivalry, or are you guys like friends? Or I mean. There, there, there's definitely when you see something um, that you want and someone else gets it, you wanted it, right? Right, right? But when you know that person as well, I, I always, a mentor of mine talks about, you know, if you got something, you'd want people to be happy for you. 
So when someone else gets something else, be happy for them, be genuinely happy for them and, and congratulate them. And so, um, so I, I am, you know, knowing a lot of those people, um, I don't want to, there's only a handful of us, but I don't want to get, you know, if I name names, I'll forget one, but, um, it's really cool to see like, Oh dude, you got to congratulations, man. That's I'm so happy for you, man. You crushed it. But yeah, there have been a handful of roles where I, it's been down to me and a couple other guys I know. And, um, you always want to be happy for them. Yeah. Well, you said earlier about, uh, having the theater background, acting background, and then you, so you start playing creatures, but I, I've seen movies where, especially more independent movies where like someone in a mask, because some people will think anyone in a mask, whatever, can play the role, whatever. But I've seen people that you could clearly say they're not a great actor and it takes away. And I, I think sometimes that's overlooked, the actual acting skills of someone, you know, playing the creature. I agree. I, I think I think there are a lot of great examples. I mean, Doug Jones is just an incredible actor. I think he's gotten to show those skills more and more now that it is it's his mouth and eyes and Star Trek Discovery. And he's having to handle not only just playing a character, but with all that scientific jargon and seven syllable long words that he has to just make seem totally natural. These long monologues, he's like, oh my gosh. Uh, or you see Andy Serkis and just watch him do behind the scenes of anything. It, they're just, in, they're incredible, well-trained decades of experience actors. Um, and yeah, if you, if you put a suit and, and, a, and, and makeup on somebody who's not an actor, it just kind of looks like a mannequin. They, they don't, there's not life breathing through them. And I like how Andy Serkis describes every character is it really comes, it, it's three different areas. There's the psychology, how the character thinks, um, the, the voice or the vocals, um, and then the, uh, the physicality. And it's all, it's all tied in together. And that's really, those are the three legs of the stool you create a character on. Um, but, um, but yeah, and a lot of times it can be, a, a, you know, quote unquote, more difficult because you're, you're acting and having to bring a character through and you don't have the, you, you don't say the words. So you have to show it through the breath and through the life. And, um, and, uh, and there's definitely a difference that I, I can tell in people's performances, you know, when, and, and in my own, <laughs> when I'm just phoning it in and I'm do I'm going through the motions or you're there's, they're actually breathing life into that character, man, that, and you just forget you're watching a guy in a suit. And so it, it definitely is, is a lot more than, um, just putting it on, right? You do have to have that body for the character they're looking for, but um, being able to, to become a character um, is, is totally necessary. Yeah. You mentioned Andy Serkis, like, um, you know, King Kong has so much emotion and that one, he has no lines, obviously. Mm. And then uh, he has lines as Gollum and Planet of the Apes, but like right. really brings a lot of acting ability to both those roles. Yeah. And he's a, he's a theater trained actor. You know, he, he, he has, he's done, I don't know how many plays and years of experience before we ever saw him as Gollum. Um, and it was because he breathed so much life into the performance that originally it was just going to be voice. And they're like, no, we need him on set in some way. And he's so good. We need some way to be able to capture his performance that he's doing performance capture also known as motion capture or mocap. And so that's, that's really there, it wasn't the first time it had been used in a film, but but it was the first time it had been used in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, motion capture goes back to like, you know, the Street Fighter video games 30 years ago. They even, you know, filming and then putting it in there. But but yeah, yeah he, um, he he's a huge inspiration, an incredible actor.
Yeah, I said on the show before, I think like in the future, when people look back at like the beginning days of that, he's going to be like the guy that people like, that's like the godfather of uh, motion capture. I think he's, he still is, right? Yeah. He's, he's the he's the go-to guy, whether it's 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 that or it's Snoke in Star Wars or Caesar in Planet of the Apes or King Kong himself. Um, or if you see him more recently in Andor, you know, he's in, I think, three episodes. I've not seen Andor, Andor, actually, but I, I need to see it. Yeah, well, I don't just watch horror stuff. I watch everything, man. <laughs> You'll see him in there as a human, and he is—he's incredible. He's incredible, and it's funny if you watch it. Once you watch that, watch the behind the scenes of like War for the Planet of the Apes. There's no difference. He's just a great actor. Yeah. By the way, I really like the old radio behind you. I just now noticed that. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, my my grandfather on my mom's side uh, restored them, and for for I don't know how many he did over the years before he passed away, and so that's one of them. And um, remember when I was at his house. When I, when I was a little kid, before the internet was crazy and all this, he tuned in one of the radios and we were listening to Japan. And I remember oh, wow. I was like a five-year-old. I was like, we can- <laughs> this is coming from Japan right now. So, uh, yeah, those old radios are awesome. Yeah. So when you first started to play a creature, yeah. did it take to get used to being in the masks and, oh, and the makeup? For sure. For sure. I'll, I'll always remember on Men in Black 3, I had a fit. I was just excited. Will Smith, Men in Black, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for a fitting. Didn't really know who Rick Baker was. Came to find out and was so, you know, he's the sweetest man. Um, seven Oscars. He won a seventh while we were filming, but at a fitting and they put a head on. And there's this thing that happens the first time you put on a prosthetic head. And you instantly have a little bit of a panic attack. And you're very claustrophobic. And instantly I felt like I was going to throw up. It was really weird. And then, and then and then they took it off and they're like hey, like okay cool it all fits I was like yeah oh crap what what oh my gosh and so on set you know and a lot of times you might have some kind of prosthetic arms and so even if you freak out and want to get it off you just you can't so you really have to trust in the makeup artist and it's really a mental it's a physical exercise because you can be in a hundred degree heat blind wearing something that weighs a hundred pounds or more and you you've been holding the bathroom for six hours um but it's a mental um exercise of just breathing and one step at a time one breath at a time i'm gonna make it through this day um they they actually they have been the most difficult i've not had a difficult life but they have been the most difficult days i've ever experienced in my life whether it's in the water and i almost drowned uh not almost drowned but i'm trapped in the water and i'm waiting for someone to realize this is not an acting choice help um <laughs> Or, or yeah, you're, you're wearing something that weighs 160 pounds and you can't see, and you start to think about how long do I have to do? No, no, no. One breath at a time, man, I'm so grateful to be here. This is so awesome. And you know, you say out loud, I love you guys. I love you. I love you so much. You guys are awesome. You got to speak positively or else you're going to go into a downward spiral and have a panic attack and have to, you know, there's a reason why Jim Carrey says they brought in someone who trains people to deal with torture in the CIA or FBI or something to help him get through the hundreds <laughs> of times he put on the makeup and the Grinch. It's, it is, um, it is a mental battle, uh, but you get used to it. You get used yeah. to like anything else. You get used to it. And Jason, you okay? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. You know, you need anything? You just, you deal with it. Yeah. Uh, before we went live, we were, we were uh, talking about Creature from the Black Lagoon, and um, mm-hmm. when I interviewed Ben Chapman, he had talked about, uh, so they made the suit, and for however months they were filming, like, it was so skin tight, things might be a little different now, but, like, he couldn't fluctuate his weight, like, at all, or else the, the suit wouldn't fit. 
So does that, is that something you have to like, you have to maintain the, like the pretty much exact body weight when you're playing something over a period of time? Yeah, it has not changed. It's the same that I I remember when I met Doug Jones and I asked him, you know, man, at your age, how how do you, you know, most people never get in the shape you're in. How are you always? And he said, I'm terrified not to be, because if I, if I don't, I can't work. You know, I I have to keep my body shape and, and be this frame that they can put something on, keep me slim, make me bigger, whatever. And I, I really took that to heart. I was like, I need to, I need to get in shape. And so I've been, I've been my measurements for um, six or seven years. You know, they, they pretty much the exact same weight. And I've just found what keeps me there. And even for Hellraiser, which we filmed in 2021, that was from a body life cast for Death Note in 2016. Um, oh, another shop had. So luckily, I, and intentionally, I, I was I'm the exact same size as back then. So it, it takes being intentional with my diet and being intentional with my exercise and workout every day. And, um, for, for sometimes a year or two with no substantial work and then boom, today we need you to come in for a fitting and be ready to go. And, um, I experienced not being ready to go a couple of times when I lived in New York and I was like, okay, I need to be ready because it is always going to come out of nowhere. But yeah, it's still the same. It's skin type stuff. And, um, Otherwise, you're going to get folds and it's going to look like you're wearing something rather than it's your skin. Yeah. And like um, for Hellraiser and Death Note, uh, the the monster itself is very thin. So, you know, they can't put too much bulk on her. It won't look right. Right. Yeah. You're adding on, you know, a half inch to an inch thick of silicone rubber, maybe plus costume and whatnot. So, yeah, you've got to stay, um, you know, I, I, there's only so slim I can get. I can't be as slim as Doug Jones or Javier Botet. Um, but I, I just, you know, I stay as slim as I, I am and maybe there's certain roles that physically, well, we don't want that slim. We want a little bit more of like kind of a basketball player type. And that's actually specifically what it said in the breakdown for Hellraiser for, for the chatterer that they were looking for slim basketball player type. And so it's, you know, they're more right for certain things that, that, you know, and I'm more right for over here. And so it's even in that fine niche of these types of characters, there's sub niches, of like, well, we're looking for someone a little more buff, a little more slim, a little skinnier, a little more toned and whatever. And so, um, yeah, yeah, you got to and then you got to have the stamina to go all day, sometimes in profuse heat and not look like a tired monster. That's, a, that's not scary. You got to be ready every take. So that ha- having that endurance is something that I, I've, I've worked on and kept up for eight or nine years since I really was like, I'm going all in on this. So uh, for Chatterer, is there an audition involved? Uh, like, how, how does the role come about? Yeah, it's 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 different um, for e- each time. Sometimes it's just been an offer. Most of the time, there is some kind of a meeting or an audition or something like that. Um, like Star Trek Picard was n- just offer because I was recommended by the makeup artist, and they're like, yeah, he'd be perfect for this character, which ended up getting cut. But for Hellraiser, it was uh, it was an audition for Clacker in the movie The Box. Okay. Um, oh, so it wasn't presented as we're, we're doing Hellraiser. Yeah. Right. I did some texts around because I was trying to find out and someone was like, oh, we had to pass on that. But like, you know what that is, right? I was like, no, like, Hellraiser. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> but it was an audition. Um, I actually posted it on my Instagram. Um, if anyone wants to go watch it, it, it it's because that's cool. Now with self-tapes, I have my copy, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in an office. Uh, but they had me do a scene that the gasp played by Selena Lowe actually did to see, yeah, you're not going to talk, but how would the Chatterer do this scene? 
And then here's this other scene that's not really even in the movie um, that is the chatterer. How would you do this? And so I did those two. Um, and there was no callback or anything for that. It was just, um, yeah, you're, you're David Bruckner's choice. Um, you're it. And, uh, and so just from that one audition. But, uh, but Death Note was an audition in the room and then a callback and then an offer. Rampage was um, just a meeting with Terry Notary, who trained me, who was training Josh Brolin as Thanos at the time. He trained Andy Circus a dozen times. He's uh, on a dozen different films. He, everybody in Planet of the Apes and Avatar. And he is King Kong now, Kong Skull Island. And so he, we had like an hour and a half faux workout training session on the arms and breathing and getting into the character. And he was like, cool, thumbs up. I know this great place we'll train at. And um, it's basically up to him. So it's always a little bit different. Yeah. Um, when you said uh, he was training different people for, for those roles, what what is the training involved? Um, it's it, it's always a little bit different, but there is a similarity that he work he works from the inside out. And the first thirty to forty five minutes of that hour and a half training session, and then when we train for three weeks, the first hour or so of every three or four hour day that we trained in the mountains, it's just it's sitting down and acting as if your butt bones are your feet. So you're standing straight up from sitting down and as if like a string is pulling you from the top of the head and you're just very, you know, and, and just breathing and getting in touch with letting everything go, softening all your muscles and getting rid of, getting rid of your mind, getting rid of your, and just focusing on your breath, focusing on a wide focus of what you can see, taking everything in and just, being there because his belief is you're hundred percent alive when you're doing, when you're, when you're just breathing, you're here. But when we're cut off at the brain and we're thinking about, you know, what I did earlier, what I'm doing later, um, I believe most of, if not all of his characters, he starts there with this blank slate of just grounded truth. And then from there, don't show me, don't force anything. Let's live through the moments. Let's discover the character that is already inside of you. You don't have to think about how to play it. We'll just, and um, so getting down to that, and then obviously Thanos moves differently than an ape. But before we can ever get on the arms, I have to be able to sit there and breathe as the character and then stand up and walk around on two legs as a character. Then we can get down on all fours and get to where I'm not thinking about it. Um, which that, you know, miles on the arms to where you get to where it's just like walking. You're not thinking about, well, oh, that arm's supposed to go before that arm. Crap. You just get it in. You push through the, I can't move today because we did five miles on these things yesterday and I used all these muscles I've never used in way. Oh my gosh, I can't move. And you just get to the point after a couple of weeks where you're just like, you're just, you're not thinking about it. You just know how to go from point A to point B and you're focused on it and you're in the breath and you're not in your head. But it, it's a large obstacle of getting through that. Um, he's the most remarkable director or coach or movement coordinator I've ever seen in my life. The way that he can, there's one moment when we were training, he had me getting into the breath and getting there after about half an hour and had me stand up. And I was thinking about standing up. He's like, nope, nope, sit down. I was like, ah, he's like, you're just going to stand. It's not about the stand, you know? And I stood up again after a few more times and I, I, oh, and I felt it. And he goes that he points in my eyes that there, do you feel that? And I was like, whoa, yeah, how do you know what I felt? That couldn't have looked any differently. And I just, he, he's, inc he's incredible. I would work with Terry Notary on anything 
ever again, no matter what. Uh, and he knows that. I've told him that. He's just incredible. Uh, for Rampage, um, do you watch like videos of gorillas to, to get to understand like the movement? Yeah, my my friend Colin Strauss, who was the visual effects supervisor on that and on Death Note, since Ryuk is 98% practical, but his face is visual effects, Colin was always there. And so he and I became very close on Death Note. And he kept telling me about the next film is Rampage. He got me that he got me that meeting. Uh, but before that, he said they're probably gonna want to meet with you in a couple of weeks. Well, that was like six months later. But every week or two, I was catching up with him. He said, yeah, yeah, this, but probably maybe next week. So I was just, I was going to the zoo. I was watching every Andy Circus behind the scenes. Every I actually tried to reach out to Terry Notary for some training before I even knew he was involved, but he was busy with Avengers. Uh, and then we got to work and he's like, hey, did you email me a few months ago? I was like, yeah, well, here we are. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was watching every documentary I could. Um, I didn't have the arms to practice on physically, but I was just trying to trying to figure out what's the why, what's the difference in being a human and gorilla listening to interviews and all that I, I did as much as i could and then when i actually got with him i learned more in an hour than i did in six months of my own research he's just so incredible well what's really the difference between playing something like rampage and death Stone and chatter where they're both very slender characters and then uh rampage is very big so how do you yeah uh, i know it's you know they're doing the motion capture but how do you uh like make yourself feel bigger when you're through the movements that's a good question yeah i mean there's they're always there's always it's interesting because they're all very similar in that ryuk and death note chatterer and hellraiser george and rampage even Ghidorah and godzilla king of the monsters they all see themselves as the highest status in every room they walk into they are greater than anybody they walk into it's not a cocky thing with george or with anyone else but I mean, the only one with Hellraiser, obviously, Pinhead, the priest, Chatterer listens 100% to, to, to her. Um, but that, that's a similarity they have, but then they move differently. They're all completely different characters, um, just like every human is totally different, even if we're born in the same house. Um, and so just figuring out who they are, why they are. Um, and then the, with, with someone like George, a, a word that, that Terry uses is, is gravitas. There's the, an integrity. There's not lightness. There's this, there's this weight to him and a term he used, like, and this was part of the standing up thing. When someone like a watch a gorilla, when they stand up and when they move, it's almost like when they're walking there, it's it, their torso is just, it's like, a, they're just gliding across ice. They're not like, you know, there's very, and he said, it's almost as if imagine a rope is tied around your waist tied to a weight behind you and you're dragging it through the sand and it's not going it's just going and so you imagine that and get to where that's natural and if you stand up imagine weight is pulling you down as you stand up and as you go down imagine weight is pulling you up as you go down and there's this weight to you and it's it, you're thinking about it at first but you get to the point to where that's just in your movement and you just do it without thinking um like anything you got to get if you're playing a sport you got to get past the thinking about it and drill 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 to where it's just um and then also watching him for miles he you know he would watching him like mama or papa gorilla and then following him and just don't tell me how to do it. let me watch your body and see how i can figure it out and he'd look around and say a couple things and 
um, that's how we learn. We learn by watching and trying and failing and failing and failing and failing and up. Oh, I succeeded. And so it, it just, there's, there's the understanding of it, but then there's hours and miles of just walking through it and getting it to where, you know, you're not thinking about it you, and having, you watch, someone great, having someone great like him guiding you and yeah. how to help you do that. Even though it's definitely more an actual, more of a gorilla in the movie than the video game, but do you watch any of the video game to get anything from that? I didn't. I don't think I did. No, I played them when I was a kid. But yeah, I was a big fan of Rampage. I, I got to meet, um, I think, two of the three creators of it, hmm. um, and um, and they gave me a whole bunch of really cool like stuff from back in the day from it. Uh, which like, thank you so much. Uh, but um, but no, I didn't. I didn't research any of that. I just I knew, and especially with Terry, like, um, it's all about really just as authentically and honestly as possible becoming a gorilla which he talks about it's not about what you do it's actually about undoing yeah. because humans are 98 percent identical to chimps and dna um and i think is it that human i think i think he said that what is it oh man i think it's like humans are closer to ch humans are closer to chimps in dna than chimps are to gorillas oh wow that's so we're actually if we undo all the human things of how like how we know each other and we're using zoom to connect and i just be here and i live and breathe i'm 98 of the way there so it's about undoing all the social conditioning of i am this old and i grew up here and cut all that out and just breathe and be here and do nothing it's, it's very hard to do nothing and yeah. not be frozen <laughs> the big stuff is easy the tiny little moments of breathing are the hardest and just to trust that you're going to see what's coming through it's that that's the hardest part so when you're playing George, how much, um, how is it mostly in like a room with like motion capture? Or are you on sets with people? That's a good question. I was on set. I think it was, you know, we were over in Atlanta for a couple of months. I think I was 21 or 22 days out of the 50 to 60 days to shoot it. I was on set there with Dwayne Johnson, and Naomi Harris and everybody on set. Um, and, uh, and then, but then there is also an aspect of shooting it in a, it's called a performance capture or a motion capture volume. It's basically, you know, kind of inside carpeted, you know, 10 to 10 foot by 20 foot ish, something like that, 15 by 20 foot ish, um, with all these infrared cameras all around catching every inch of once you step into that volume, that space of the infrared dots and lights all around you. Plus, you have a facial cam that picks up. I think it was like 59 dots on my face or something like that, that we got put on very specific parts of muscles that, that move so it can capture all of that. So you do shoot everything on set and they use, they use that, but then you do go reshoot basically the whole film on a, at least for that film on, on motion capture, a motion capture performance capture volume. Um, and you know, they're on set. It, it's a lot of like, we're using boxes as buildings and you're crushing through them and, and there's a little 12 inch tall stick that says Davis, which is Dwayne Johnson's character. And so that's who I'm looking down at. But then on set, I'm also up in a cherry picker, 25 feet in the air, looking down at Dwayne Johnson. And we're acting, they're capturing that while he's looking up at me and can act with me. So they use the best of all that. But like Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters, Ghidorah is like 512 feet tall. So they didn't put me up, they didn't put me up 500 feet in the air <laughs> right, right. Um, and move me somehow. That was all three days on a motion capture, performance capture volume with Alan Maxson and Richard Dorton, the other two heads of King Ghidorah, and then TJ Storm as Godzilla and us just tackling each other on the carpet like little kids. Yeah. 
this is maybe a silly question, but it's got to be cool to say, you know, you were a kaiju. You were a monster in Godzilla. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like that's the that's the the, the modern day kaiju suit performers. Right. We don't we don't really put them in suits anymore for that. But um, and I knew director Mike Doherty. I'd auditioned for Krampus back in oh, 2014. Nice. And he actually, you know, we, he gave me his cell phone number, which was the first time a director had ever done that before. And we were texting back and forth, but it, it didn't work out because they went to New Zealand and they cast the character there. Um, but um, we kept in touch once or twice a year, a text here or there. And then he saw the Rampage trailer and was like, dude, that looks awesome. He said, By the way, what are you doing next month, man? You want Are you in town for some Godzilla motion capture stuff? And I was like, what does that mean? And then <laughs> five minute phone call about, you know, I want you to be the center head and the big brother of the three. Do you want it? Yes. So he's like, cool. Uh, give me your agent's info. I'll give it to producers. And Hey, we finally get to work together. Cool. And it was that simple. So That's it's wild. <laughs> all about who, you know, and who knows you and likes you and trusts you. Terrible. Troy has joined us by the way. Oh, how are we doing tonight? Hello, Troy. Doing great. How are you? All things are good. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, happy, happy holidays and coming up on happy. Oh, same to you. Yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. So you said you were the center head on King Ghidorah. Uh, who are the other two heads? And like, yeah. are, do you do you interact with them? Oh yeah, Alan Maxson and Richard Dorton, um, and the three of us are gen are genuinely like brothers. Like we love each other so much, um, and love TJ Storm as well. But the three of us, we just had a bond. Um, we had Richard Dorton on the left, Alan Maxson on the right. And at first they were working around, maybe we're going to like tie you guys together at the waist or, or the legs or something. I don't know what we're going to do. And we ended up just finding it was best if just the three of us were right next to each other and they had their hands on my back and, um, and uh, just in the middle of my back. And, and we just, and we just moved together independently, but together. And then my arms were also tracked as the wing. Um, and my feet were also tracked as the feet. And so, um, and Mike Doherty would just direct us through. He would show us like a PlayStation 2 graphics, you know, pre-visualization right. of here's what we're thinking. And we'd watch it. <laughs> so it's A, B, C, D in this scene. Okay. And so what am I doing? I'm doing that. We wake up and I break the, the, the wings out one, two, and then I'm looking down and I see them and then cut. Okay, great. So we'll go through that and we'll do it a few times. We'll move on. And so we just... We just did that and you know we we acted off of each other and they took that that dynamic and and uh we'd, we'd run at and you know act like we're blasting stuff out of our mouth and just and just and just like kids you know and i so, can totally see that that's great it was so there's some fun behind the scenes on the dvd blu-ray but also on on youtube as well there's like somebody just recorded something on their phone like one day and it's <laughs> And, and just in, inside this small space where we were filming and um, it was cool. And the three of us also got to go watch the movie at Legendary Pictures before we filmed it with all the real live action stuff they had filmed the year before and the pre-visualization crappy graphics. And, we, and we're just high-fiving and oh my gosh. And, <laughs> oh, Richard's head got, got cut off. Oh no. And, then, and, then, dang, and it's growing back. He's going back to <laughs> And TJ had not seen any of it until we got on set. So we're watching. So he's Godzilla and he's watching what he gets to do. And he's like, oh, are you serious? Are you serious? I get to do what? Oh my gosh. So cool. And then he's like a 12 year old and he just like prances across like the, you know, oh, 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 oh. okay. Oh. Let's go. 
And like, he's, he's so much fun. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a blast to just, to, and we just figured it out that we figured it out. Acting classes and all that are very important, but really you get on set and you're just like, okay, let's try it. But as a team, let's figure it out, you know, and, and you do, you know, no one says, well, we can't shoot it. I don't know how to do it. We just, you figure it out and, and, and work together. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hudson in the chat says King Ghidorah is easily the coolest monster in Godzilla. Oh my goodness. Rick Hudson. You're my favorite person in the world. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, he's, he's incredible. He's the, he's the man, right? Thanks, Rick, Rick, Rick Hudson. Yeah. Rick Hudson's a good man too. Um, Indeed. he doesn't have three heads though. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I have the old Aurora model of uh, Ghidorah with his three heads going. Wow. Wow. We got to meet, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. We got to meet one of the original actors, actually. (laughs) That's really cool. He was the last actor to play King Ghidorah before we did. And he was actually in his suit. We met him at a convention and we got an awesome epic picture with him. Oh, that's so cool. Where we're all like, (laughs) (laughs) and he's in front of us and everything. Um, he had to wear something crazy for that. We were just wearing PJs and dots. <laughs> That's probably a pretty elite club, I would think. Yeah, and you get to know people very quickly yeah. in there because there's obviously common ground, and, and you're talking about how they played it versus how you played it. And um, it, it's a very small, tight knit community of people that play those types of characters, whether it's in motion capture, or even a, I think a smaller tight knit community in, in practical effects. There's just only so Not many bad. of us, especially out here in the LA area. We know of other people in other parts of the world, but here in the LA area, like everybody knows everybody. It really, and, um, and all you know, all the makeup bars, they go from shop to shop. It's a really cool community. So like conventions like Monster Blueza, I just like to walk around and be like, hey, <laughs> everybody's just hugging everybody. And um, that's that's really that's where I actually met a lot of makeup artists who convinced me to move out here because they said, if you're out here, we can get you in. If you're not, we can't. And I was like, dude, nobody's saying any of this back in New York. I'm moving. <laughs> yep. Uh, and our, our friend, Michael, uh, Epstein and, and, uh, his wife, Sophia Cassiola, their dog, their old dog, uh, passed away, unfortunately, but the, it was, uh, King Ghidorah. Oh yeah. That was, that was the dog's name. Yeah. yeah. King Ghidorah, a little tiny here. dog. I think he yeah, was a, a little, like three pounds yeah, or very something. Small dog, but yeah. That's uh, hopefully <laughs> they had some kind of like, a uh, they had someone make a costume where like it has a head on the <laughs> side and you know, I one of those costumes. I, I may, may I, that's a good idea. I should Photoshop something. Uh, yeah. That would be you know. pretty cool. The front two legs or the, you know, the legs mm-hmm. and he's got way, like, surely there's surely somebody can make something like that. Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned uh Javier Botet earlier who we've had yes. on the show. It's a very cool guy. Oh, really? Great. Yeah. Really good interview. I don't think he does a lot of interviews. So that was very cool. And, uh, so you uh you were his shadow, the crooked man shadow in uh Conjuring oh, wow. 2. So uh were you actually like did you do those scenes with him? Like how did that work? Yeah, that's an interesting um story. I was just messaging with James Wan the other day. We were like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, message from James. I'm like, James sent me a message. Oh, so cool. <laughs> um, and James is like James has like the best energy. Like he's just he is like a little adult kid just running around like so excited. So like he he's an awesome director. But I I got I, I got brought onto that just as a stand-in, which if someone doesn't know what a stand-in is, you have the similar build, hair, look, and all that of, of one of the principal actors. And so that, you know, so Tom, so Tom Hanks or 
Brad Pitt or someone's not just standing there on their mark for hours while they make the lights and everything okay. and the camera. They hire someone about their size, uh, skin tone, hair, all of that. So they can, okay, great. We can set it up. And then, hey, we're ready for Tom. And so I was um, Javier's in that because I was close to his height and build and, um, and which was so cool to film on Conjuring 2. What an awesome set at Warner Brothers. And, but then um, I really, you know, I took it. I think some stand-ins aren't actors. And so I was taking it very seriously. And I watched how Javier was moving. And so I, to help them and to have fun myself, I, I, was, I would move from Mark A to Mark B how he was doing it as best as I could. Oh, okay. And, um, and so they could really see. And, uh, and then Javier would come in and do his thing and I would watch. And, and so one day Javier was shooting something over here and, and one of the PAs or someone came up to me and they're like, hey, James wants to like use you for a shot if you're down. I was like, uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. And they said, and there's this scene where you see his shadow coming down the hallway. You see it on the floor. And as he turns the corner, it's actually just the little girl. So he's, she's possessed. And we, how we shot that was they put a light behind me and I just, I, I came down through the hall and just took his direction a couple times and all that. And uh, which was just, that was the first time I'd ever, my shadow was on screen, but I was on the yeah, first yeah. time in a film I was ever on screen and, and I'm getting direction directly from the director. I was so freaking psyched. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm a part of the movie. Uh-huh. But the moment, what we did was the little girl is like, they're like up against the wall as I'm walking toward her. And as soon as I get to her, I go up against the wall and she turns the corner to make that look practical. Um, but yeah, so it just turned, I just, just did the best I could as a stand in. And then they ended up using me that way, which was really cool. And James and I have lightly kept in touch between, you know, then, and hopefully we get to work together in some way again, but Javier is just such a kind, sweet, gentle giant of a man. Um, and an incredible actor, clearly all the things that he's brought to life are, um, I'm never really scared. Cause I'm, I'm just like, man, Javier's doing great here. Right. Like, <laughs> and so it's hard to scare me nowadays. And like, yeah. I know well, if you know, all, if you know the guy that's yeah. the monster, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you meet Javier and you're not scared. He's the sweet, yeah. he's the sweet guy. But, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a very fun experience. That was the last time I did anything like that before death note. Um, the last background or anything like that. Um, and uh but that was then i was just a couple months after moving out here to la so that was great great. and it was really uh interesting in the interview with uh with javier he mentioned that like a lot of the stuff he did people assumed were um cg and like a lot a lot of the stuff almost all of it was just completely practical like in mama and you know people don't realize that's him absolutely it's it's i think because of his build they're like well no one can be that thin Oh yeah, yeah. He moves. Well, you can't actually practically move that way, but in Mama, it's him. He's like hoisted by a wire or something, so he's able to move wow. that way. And if you look at behind the scenes, and so um, he's yeah, no, it's not CGI. It's just he's that good. Yeah, he's just. You don't think you could do it? You probably couldn't, but Javier could do it. Right, right. <laughs> That's why he's in a hundred different things. <laughs> yeah. The biggest. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Yep. That's why he's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, early on, you mentioned, you know, like uh, hard things like uh, being stuck underwater and things like this. Have you had any injuries uh, playing any of any of the characters? And uh-huh. is it just hard on, on your body, like uh, your joints and things? Both. Um, I'll try and run through a couple things come to mind. I, I, I did a I did a project one time where the suit 
they, uh, they wanted, how, how do they want it? They wanted, uh, they wanted like the shoulders to be built up a bit, but the suit was already built to my life cast. And instead of building outside, they built inside. But what that does when you have a, a suit that fits you perfectly is now that's creating stretch and tension in this. So it's actually pulling down on your shoulders when you're glued into this thing. And I had like an hour after about an hour and a half in that my back was hurt. I mean, it's like you're holding weights on your, on your shoulders and your, and your upper back. It hurts so bad. And I would just have to sit there and just breathe through. And I just found out I was practicing non-reaction. Don't react to it. Just it's there, but Oh my, like, like you have a migraine, but just sit there and smile. You know? uh, and, so it, and I went to a, a massage therapist. We couldn't do anything. We just didn't have, we had to shoot it. We couldn't redo that. It's just as the, sorry. Um, I wanted to quit. I did. I talked, I even talked to my manager about that. Like what would happen? And he's like, well, this is now like, I won't, but holy crap, you're going to be the worst next 11 or 12 days on set. I went to a massage therapist and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I explained to him and I was like, any permanent damage? He's like 99% chance. No, you might, but like, you just, just come back to me when you're done. So production actually paid for that. So they were awesome. But, um, and then on, uh, on Hellraiser, um, Josh and Sierra who put that together. Oh my gosh, what an incredible, incredible job. I mean, bringing all the Cinnabites to life. And we found out on set, cause I have a, a, a fiberglass, uh, skull cap and, and, and head underneath that has the animatronics attached to it. So it can go with the teeth. Um, and, and then the silicone rubber goes on over that and fastens in the back. And, and we found out after about 10 or 15 minutes of once that's on, just the most intense pressure migraine that, oh. that cannot be released until it's off. And um, I mean, I was at the point of almost crying multiple times the first night and we just, we just couldn't do anything. You didn't know because in fittings you're in for five minutes. Great. Yeah. Yep. So, but then we found out on set. And so oh. they took such great care of me and, and, and the, we would just, we'd push through for 15, 20 minutes until I was going to pass out. And then we would get it off for like two minutes, release the pressure back on um a couple times just all day and that was those were some of the most like difficult but like proud days i've ever had on set because i just pushed through i just pushed through and i was like ah, like i'm a beast and so great after that um and, it, and you use it too they're supposed to be in pain right oh, yeah. masochistic yeah. demons from another dimension so right. um you know when they say action everything goes away and my eyesight is like looking through little pinholes so i can't see i can't hear and da, 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 da. it's like my head's in a typewriter of a bucket and the pain and i just man i go after them and um so it's actually and then they say cut and the worst is just waiting and just feeling the pain and like guys let's go let's go um, and then on rampage i actually hurt my arm in training very badly and to the point to where i could not you know get on the arms and it kind of was like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I could, I could cook with it and all this. And, and then I got back on this, on the first day of the second week with Terry. And I was like, Oh, what is that? I mean, it, it feels all right. Ah, I can't put any pressure on what happened. And he's like, let's just let it heal. And we went a couple of days then flew to Atlanta to work with director Brad Payton. And it just did not get any better. And I was just like, oh. I remember having a panic attack one, one almost one night just being like, I'm going to lose this role because because i told him i'll just tell production and they can like send me you know go to the doctor and he's like no no no, don't tell production because we're not filming yet there's time for them to find someone else and i was like oh my god no no what happened and 
we were training with Brad one day and he doesn't know this <laughs> and we we're working with him and we were showing him some of what I did and I'm pushing through just, I'm like, do I have a fracture, like a minor fracture and this is going to break in half while I'm on these arms and I have to go hard showing him what we're doing. And, um, and Terry's like, great, great. I'm like, it's no better. He's like, great, man, you're doing it. Looks great. Yeah. And I finally just went to, to the urgent care and, um, myself and and they and terry like text me you find out and it was a it was a muscle strain not a muscle sprain but muscle strain and they and, and and mainly my question was like what can i be on it and she's like yeah you won't injure it anymore it'll hurt ice it three times a day take four ibuprofen six times so every six hours for 10 days that's 240 ibuprofen wow. right. and then she said and then stop after that because that's a lot on your kidneys um <laughs> But that was over. That was a Friday, and I texted Terry's like, "Yes," and just I iced it like crazy. I set alarms for the ibuprofen. Monday, how is it? Here we go. Oh, it's like ninety percent better. Yes, we're going to be okay. <laughs> I was so terrified. We never told anybody. Oh, yeah. He said, "Look, you have stunt doubles. They're here for this. So, so be alive. Don't worry about any of that." But um, and then, and then by the time we filmed a few weeks after that, a hundred percent better. And she said that she said it'll hurt for a couple of weeks, but two, three weeks will be hundred percent better. And hmm. so those are a couple of things that come to mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you just got to push through and anything in practical effects, you're always in discomfort, you know, yeah, that sounds like torture kind of things. I don't, it, been, that doesn't sound like any fun. You guys, there've been things where I've had, like, you know, we call going to the bathroom. Number one, 10, one, number two, 10, two. There are times where I've been in all day glued in something, no 10-2 option, just praying I don't have a thing happen. Um, or in Hellraiser, no 10-2 or 10-1 option. So holding it for seven or eight hours one day um, and being like, well, I hold it when I sleep for seven, eight hours. So I'll be fine. I just won't drink a lot of water and I don't drink water while I'm sleeping. I'll be fine. I'll chug water later. So it's a lot of like talking to yourself and um because every suit i remember even an interview doug jones one time he when i met him because i'd seen an interview because i was obsessed with him at the time i was ever stealing everything i could from him and he uh he said in an interview that pan's labyrinth was the most comfortable thing he'd ever worn oh really was, oh wow so some of them are very comfortable okay and so i talked to him so i was like so that was really comfortable he said oh child no <laughs> it was comparatively most, yeah. it was the most comfortable <laughs> i was like Oh crap! Oh, no. <laughs> so comfortable. He's like, oh god, no. <laughs> it sucked a lot, but it was bearable. That kind of thing. He's like, it wasn't as horrendous as everything. Else yeah, <laughs> you get offset and you go home and you're crying in the shower because you have to go back the next day. And I was oh, like, no. oh man, <laughs> what have I signed up for with this <laughs> career choice? <laughs> so those uh, are pretty much a stories deal. We used to. Um, Oh, uh, Brian Steele would tell us a lot of those things like from uh, from Hellboy and stuff. Just, you know, you're going to walk in a completely unnatural way and there's no way that like sweat can wick through like the, the suit itself. He's like prepared to be, you know, just disgusted in yourself, being uncomfortable oh. and try not to kill the uh, star of the movie because oh, you can't so see much. anything. So much sweat. I mean, <laughs> sometimes because it's my whole body was lubed by other people to get this thing on. 
and then you're sweating combining with the lube and then you're outside cold so the lube is drying <laughs> on your skin on your hair and it's like you get off and you're just you can't wait for a hot shower oh right? i bet but brian Steele said one time um pain is temporary dvds <laughs> are forever very true <laughs> push through you'll be fine <laughs> Um, some here in the chat, uh, Craig, well, you kind of answered this cause he asked if, uh, suits of prosthetics have gotten any, uh, better as the show progressed. Oh, I guess a Hellraiser as Hellraiser progressed. Did it get any better for you? Oh yeah. You get more and more used to it. Yeah. You, you definitely, by the final day, you're just like, you're totally fine. You just, you, cause you've, you've been through what you thought was terrible and you made it and you're fine. You took a shower and you went to bed and you were fine and you just get, it's like a muscle mentally. It's all mental. It was no different, but mentally, I just knew I handled it all the other days. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, and um, yeah, and they, they tried padding in certain places for the head, but it's just, it just is what it is. And it's a matter of just communication. And, and David Bruckner, you know, found out because they didn't tell anybody other than the makeup team found out something was going on and um, said, can we FaceTime before we get on set tomorrow or something? And and so he worked with me. He's like, what if we do a couple shots, 10 or 15 minutes, you can get the head off. Cause I told him head comes off. It's gone. Pressure's gone. I'm right. I'm hundred percent again, but I just need a minute or two for that to go. He's like, what if we do a couple shots, get it off for a minute, do a couple shots, get it off for a minute. Cause the days we were about to shoot were like at the gate scene when it goes up and pushes the gate and breaks it before, you know, and that, that whole scene chasing, chasing them. Um, and that those nights were just, Chatterer shot after chatterer shot after chatterer shot after chatterer shot. So there's no breaks. And we had to get in so much stuff those nights. So I just had to push through. And, um, but when you have a great team and great communication and it's, it's, it's the entire team from top to bottom on Hellraiser was just awesome. Awesome. Uh, for, for the movement of Chatterer, did you watch like the, the, the first two um, Hellraisers, Hellraiser, Hellbound for Chatterer at all? Or do you want to not be influenced by that? Yeah, I, 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 I looked at them for sure before the audition. I think I looked at some clips and whatnot. At, once, I, once I had the role, I watched the first couple for sure. Um, can't, I think it was after. I can't remember. But I, I know no, I, I, I did. But I can't remember when it all happened. But I... Um, but I, I worked with a guy named uh, Lauren Lauren Salm, who is a great just he studied mime and has worked with so many actors and great move great great acting teacher and coach incredible for bringing a, a character to life movement no dialogue and so he he worked with me but he also just sat me down and let's talk about the character for for an hour and a half who are you where are you coming before we move why um, so we figured out all the whys behind it why does he chatter. Like why, you know, there's, there's gotta be a reason. Um, and so we came up with our ideas for that. And then I just, um, I like to just figure it out myself after I get some stuff. And I just, I, I set up a camera and my laptop and a certain minute I get in front of it and I just walk through and then I'll watch it and see, okay, that, that, and that works. That doesn't, let me try it again. And I just tried it like 50 times or something. Um, and then I'm like, cool, I've got it down. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And, and so it was, it was very much my, my own, and then there's a, there's one of the two audition scenes. He talks, and so it's like, well, that time I got to totally be something kind of similar but different. So, how do I do that? So he doesn't have any lips, so so he can't make B sounds and M sounds and all that. So so how do I do all of that? Um, 
and just tried it to where I thought that's the best I can do. And then went in and self-taped it at a, at a, at a place here, Intrepid Tapes, where I always go and uh, felt great about it. And um, that was one where I came out. I was like, if, the, if I don't get this, who the crap did they get? I know. <laughs> I, did. I couldn't have crushed it better. Right. I've watched it half a dozen times afterwards. It's freaking great. We'll see. Um, and sometimes you feel that way and you never hear back. And sometimes you feel that way and you get it. Sometimes you feel like that sucked and you get it, you know? No. Um, it's interesting how, how that happens. But yeah, just figure, just figuring it out as best as I could. And when then, you thought and then of, David, well, we talked about why this, who this chatter is, why he's similar but different. So uh, for that, that idea about like, you know, what is chatter? Or do you like go all the way back to like, when he's human and how he becomes chatter, like how far back do you go when you, you're figuring out, you know, what he is or even who, or I guess what he is or who he is. That we talked about it because there is that, in, that information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Vince, he, he wrote this, this short basically about, about where he came from and got the thumbs up from Clive Barker, basically making a canon mm-hmm. of, of, you know, what happened to him, which is a tragic story. Um, of what happened to Cheddar as a as a as a human as a boy growing up and everything, um, but really it was looking at looking at the words. One thing that we really picked apart were all the words in the character breakdown and what we had from the scenes in the script um, for this audition, and really picking apart. You know, why does he do what he does? You know, why does he? And we we kind of came up with just okay, well for the chatter. Why does he? Why does he chat that way? Um, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's maybe if he's blind. I watched a TED talk one time about a guy that clicked and he used it as sonar, mm-hmm. and even to the fact point where he could ride a mountain bike blind. He could click and hear where things are around him, and um, and I was like, well, maybe there's that. He, he's listening, um, and I really put that into the audition and. Um, and then just thinking about, okay, well, what, what I think it, it, we kind of came up with, I just, I think that he, this is his religion for him. Like he, he, he just, he's trying to recruit people for his religion or, 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 um, convert them. And that this is the highest form of living. And, mm-hmm. and, but it's also kind of military as if the, the up, the up chain of command, you know, is, is. The priest and then chatter is described as, as the priest's right hand man muscle and and so I will I will listen to and he takes it very seriously almost as if like um someone you know the scene with Aoife Hines and, and her character and, and her back getting ripped off and all that that's almost like a baptism to him. And and so and he's just there as this this sacrifice, this and and it's and there, we got to do a really cool take with that actually with Aoife when he's holding her head where we took my head off because it was just like part of it was doing some buckling or something. I don't remember why, or we just didn't need it. I was out of frame. And so I actually got to look her right in the eye for her close-ups as chatterer. And there's just this overwhelming thing of him of just, you don't understand, but you'll see like it's better than you can ever imagine, especially in the script too, at the end that it says in the, in the script when, um, when Goran's character Voight, there's this thing that ha- when he's becoming a Cenobite, there's this thing that happens in his eyes and this calm comes over him. And, and the script is described as something like, why did I ever resist? Mm. And so I think that's, he, he's out there, you know, 
knocking on the doors being like, have you ever heard about Jesus? You know, like that's, that's kind of what he's, he's yeah. doing. And so it's not, he's not, he's not an evil, bad person. He's horribly misunderstood and he's twisted, but um, he thinks what he's doing is like the work of God. And he is bringing, and so like, just looking at, we came from that perspective, which makes it freaking creepy. Yeah. Cause you don't want what he's doing. <laughs> um, you don't want what he's selling on that one. Yeah. And he just, and so I, I just, but he's muscle as well. So he will overpower you. And even if it's kind of a thing of like, you don't want this medicine, but child, I know that this is best for you. <laughs> so which is creepy, but really coming from he, what he thinks he's doing anybody in history. They think what they're doing is absolutely right. I always think that's the best villain is yeah, uh, well, thinks what they're doing. And um, even on the show over the years when we've had different uh, Doug Bradley on and stuff. And uh, I brought up that uh, not, I think part three and on they're more evil, but the first two movies, the, the Cenobites are neutral characters. They're, they're not. Yeah. Are they angels? Are they demons? You know? Right. And um, yeah. So, so really, really embracing that. And then just finding how they described some of the movements in the script and just finding the most interesting ways to do those that made sense. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and here we are. Yeah, no, that's right. And by the way, Nicholas Vince, who, uh, we're, we're friends with Nicholas, a great guy. Uh, did you ever meet him? Have you talked to him about the, the not meet him, but we connected on Instagram and said, Oh my gosh, hi. Oh my gosh. Hi. And <laughs> we got to, hopefully we can meet at some point and, you know, he said some nice things about my my chatter, and I said, "Dude, oh, very it's good. honor to be able to pick up your chatter like you're <laughs> you know, from back in the day." Holy crap! And um, thank you for your your blessing. And so, um, yeah, at some point, I'm sure we'll we'll meet and we'll hug. Yeah, yeah. I was glad there was no animosity between the chatterers. Yeah, no, no, there, there, <laughs> there, there's not. No, uh, it, it's and I've seen a lot of times that's how it is. I know, I know. Terry told me when he got Kong for Kong Skull Island. He called, or they offered it to him, and he called, and he started. He's like, "Dude, I can't take this. This is your role." And he's oh. like, "I'm like, he's like, dude, dude, you're you're this King Kong now. Take it, man. I'm proud, <laughs> happy for you. You know, go for it." Um, so it's um, so yeah, there there has to be that. I mean, if you're if you're holding, who was it? Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, there's there's an actor who talked about, um, and a comedian as well. He said, "I never hold a grudge." Because while I'm sitting here holding a grudge, they're out dancing. <laughs> right, right. So what's I'm, the only person I'm, I'm poisoning is myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very true. Why not just be grateful for what I have and not frustrated for what I don't and be excited for them? Like, I found a lot of peace and calm or frustrated. You know, it comes down to, am I grateful right now or am I frustrated? Because I can't be both at the same time. So yeah. why don't I count my list of what I'm grateful for instead of what I'm frustrated about? Along those lines, so not not any animosity or anything like that, but taking over a a, a big role and icon, and you know, uh, remake or not really remake, kind of like the reboot or a new version yeah. of a of a classic film and a classic uh, novel, uh, is that hard to to get into? Because you know, you're like, this is something that horror fans, movie fans, really love, and we're doing a new version of it. I think it's how you think about it. Um, I didn't really think about it. I was, I was not nervous about it or anything. Um, and this is coming from a guy who used to have panic attacks just going to school, like in middle school and high school. So I've, I've worked on how I think about things. But I, I think some people could definitely come into that and feel a lot of pressure and a lot of, oh my gosh. And I just, I was excited. I was like, man, wow, 
this is like cheating. There's 35 <laughs> years of fan base. Um, yeah. And this is the bigger budget than all the other 10 combined. So we have the opportunity to really bring quality to it in a way that hasn't been there in, in, in quite a while because just the money hasn't been there. Um, we're all super grateful coming out of COVID at that time. It was a year and a half into COVID that we started filming. So everyone was so grateful just to be on something, let alone a franchise like this, let alone being flown out and put up on another continent. Um, and so there was such a special bond everybody had on this that, um, and, and everybody's going through, going through it, whether you're a human or a Cenobite, we were all going through it in some way. And, and so we, we really, it really bonded all of us and we were just, I, for me, I was just, I just focused on my lane and my, my position, you know, there's 11 football players on the field at a time. Okay. I'm going to do my position between action and cut between cut and blowing the whistle. You know, I'm just going to do my part and trust the rest of the team and have fun doing it and encourage the rest of the team and, and, you know, really, really find the best things to praise for them. And it's, and help that be, you know, push through these, these long days and long overnights and, just have fun doing it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And um, it was a very special experience. One of those rare, I think before you, you, you get in the film industry, you're like, man, when we go do a film, it's going to be like at camp and we're all going to be in hotel <laughs> rooms and hanging out. We're going to be best friends forever. And then no, it doesn't happen, you know? And, and uh, maybe you, you, you don't, you know, you walk away with, you don't talk to anybody afterwards. I don't know. Um, not because they're bad. It's just, it's just, you're there to do work and see you. You know, how many jobs have you had where you still talk to everybody from, right? It kind of, there, there's an aspect like that, but this really was like that. We we're in another country where nobody knew anybody in large 12 person texts. So who's going to get breakfast in the morning? Who wants to go to that park? Who wants to go to this place and get dinner tomorrow? Okay. I'll get a 12 person dinner reservation. It'll be, and we're there for four hours drinking wine and having food and laughing. And, um, it was very, let's go to the fortress. Let's go to the zoo. Let's, and just, it was very, very, very special. Um, all around. That's very cool. Well, I'm like a set of friends with the uh, the the Cenobites from Hellbound, the second one. Uh, Nicholas Vin, Simon Bamford, and Barbie, and they're still all friends. And so uh, I know yeah. they kind of you know reconnected through the convention scenes, but uh, you know they go out to dinner together, and it's very yeah. cool to see that. I think that that's the closest I have to that right now is with the Godzilla guys, which is funny because oh. we only spent three days on set. And it was like the shortest, you know, or three days in the motion capture volume, but myself and, and Richard and Alan as the heads, I mean, we just, we poke fun at each other. We love each other and TJ as well. And, and now all four of us are represented by the same appearance manager for conventions. So in 2019, oh. we all went to half a dozen conventions around the country and we're on planes next to each other in hotels. And so like, we really grew tight. Um, and, um, and even through COVID, we still got together a lot and, uh, and, and, and just, you know, yeah, so that that's you. You never really know where those special friendships are going to come from, or or like on Death and Other Rampage, biggest friendship I came away from there with was visual effects supervisor Colin Strauss, who was one of my groomsmen at my wedding. Oh, really? Huh. No, that's pretty wild. There's yeah. these little yeah. things, or or the visual effects producer Chris Schnitzer from Death Note, and like we go over to his house for dinner a few times a year with his family, and um, so you just you never know where you're just going to connect with somebody, and there's there's countless uh, examples of that. Uh, Charles has been asking a few times here. He wants to know what was your experience working on death note and the reaction after it came out? Yeah, I, the experience was amazing because I, I just, I had been so close, but no cigar to so many different roles of any kind of size, whether it's a day on or, or, you know, being almost being Krampus and you get to go out to, Oh my gosh. And I was so close to all these things. And then, and then that actually happened. 
and I was working at Outback Steakhouse at the time, and I got a call Friday from my from my agent, like, "You're the first choice. You're going to Vancouver, Canada." And I went for for three months. I was like, "Ah!" I cried. I went to work at Outback Friday, Saturday, Sunday that weekend, and did not care. And and but I couldn't tell anybody. And and then I got to go. And and you know, the assistant to the director, um, you know, told told me like, "Dude, you're like the Chewbacca of live action anime." I was like. Holy crap! I am, and, and then I found out Willem Dafoe is going to be your voice. We we got him locked in. I was like, "What?" <laughs> me, and it was just it. Was, and, and my wife, girlfriend at the time, came up and lived with me in Vancouver for like a month and a half of that. And just days off, we'd go hang out on set and get free food. And then days off, we'd go we'd go hiking and explore that city. It was it was a dream come true. Um, and then, and then I'm the trailers came out when I was working on Rampage, and I was like, "What?" Well, watch a bajillion, watch everyone's reactions on yeah. on YouTube. And if you've made a reaction video, I don't care if you have a hundred views. If you've made a reaction video to a movie I've been in. I've seen. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching people react to and get excited. Pretty quickly, turn it off. I'm like, that's okay. Um, but mo- but it's cool to watch those. But then when it came out, there were a lot of mixed. Right. There are a lot of people who are like, you know, it's not like the anime and it's like, okay, we'll go watch the anime, you know, the anime right. um, and it's, it, I think the job that, that they did taking that and the manga and the anime and putting it into an hour and 40 minute mo- movie. That, is yeah, that was exceptional. Dude. Yeah. That is tough. Um, and I think they did a great job. It's a fun movie. It's not perfect, but man, it's fun. Um, and, um, and if someone's like, I like the anime better, the anime's there, yep. you know? Right. See, I, I'm one of the camp of I like them both. I like them both. I actually yeah. haven't watched it in a while. I, I, I'd like to watch it again soon. It's it's always fun to watch. And, uh, it's weird, too, because I don't see myself and I hear Willem Dafoe. So it's like <laughs> weird. But I know that's me. Um, and now I'm super stoked to see what uh, the Duffer Brothers do as they are doing a live action series with Netflix. Um and definitely one of the top targets, you know, for me right now, or things on my radar is, I won't, I won't be Ryukin that. Oh my <laughs> gosh, the Duffer Brothers, with the, with what they've experienced working with teenage actors and characters, and the dark but realistic tone of sci-fi and horror, and if yep. taking that and just copy paste that <laughs> level of work into a series live action of Death Note, where Netflix says do whatever you want, Netflix lets you make. They they are not like micromanaging at all they're like make your movie man make your show i think that's going to be freaking amazing and i oh. one million percent will do anything to be a part of that is ryu because ryu's so much fun he's untouchable and he's just there and watches and has fun he's like a cat just watching whatever entertains him and you know it feels like leaving he'll leave and he's so much fun to play um so so yeah death note was a and it opened up everything it led to rampage which led to godzilla which led to such so much so um it's it's an incredibly special experience for sure. Uh, both Troy and I really like it, and I'm someone who had I had no idea it was based on anything because I not that I dislike that where I just don't know anything about uh, uh, anime or anything like this, so I just didn't know anything about it, and I really liked it. And Troy knew all about it, and he liked it. Yeah, that, I was I was the one going in with my fists up, like, yeah. all right, show me what you got, and I was like, wow, I loved it. I, from the moment I read the script, I was like, I love it. This is great. Yep. This is great. And you know, is everyone going to love it? No, everyone doesn't love. There's no matter, Anything. How, good, yeah. no matter how good and juicy a peach is. Some <laughs> yep. 
just don't, and that's okay. They can, they don't have to eat peaches. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a friend who doesn't like Taxi Driver. I bring that up a lot because I think it's insane. But you know, I mean, yeah. We, <laughs> over the holidays, my wife and I we watched, you know, we watched the new Knives Out film, which was filming in Belgrade, Serbia, the exact same time, and a lot of the cast was in our hotel. Oh. Uh, and there's some people that all, I thought that was great. Or we watched the new Top Gun movie. Some people didn't like that. How do you, I thought it was great. Or we watched My Cousin Vinny. There are some people who don't like, they give a negative review. How do you give a negative review? It's so, it's to this day, it's like, yes, they won the case. It, just, it feels great. And it is hilarious. I just, yep. I just, I don't understand. It's okay. That's okay. I just want to be friends with those people, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, uh, about um, a death note. So, uh, do you and Willem Dafoe do, do you get together at all to talk about like? So, I'm uh, to to like combine like uh, he's he's going to voice it this way. You're going to move this way. So, there's some type of cohesiveness to to the two. Zero. All right. Oh, really? So we met. We met at the at the premiere, and I said, Willem, I'm Jason Lyles. I play I play Ryuk. He said, "Oh, I play Ryuk too. <laughs> He's such a sweet guy." And and I've, I've emailed back and forth a couple of times with him. I, I saw him in a Q and A here or there, be like, "Hey man," he's like, "Hey, how are you?" You know. And um, but that's about it. And uh, but when I got it, I called my mentor Doug Jones and was like, "I got it, thing. It's like you're. I'm so excited. And I said, "What advice do you have?" He's like, "Oh, child, no, I don't have any advice. You, I don't. I don't know anything. You know, you'll be great." He's like, "Oh." No, no, no. There is one thing. You're not going to be the voice, but you have to act as if you will. Interesting. Because you're going to be the only person on set all the actors have to work off of. And just like I'm talking right now with my hands and it's hitting moments, how I hit with my voice and my physicality in my head, it's all tied in together. You can't separate the two. So... You have to act like, and then whoever they do get, which found out we will info, whoever they do get to do your voice, they have to match your cadence and your rhythm, or it won't match the physicality on screen. Mm. So if you know if, if Ryuk's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like why do we talk about these rules and all this? Why can't we just do this? And well, he has to match that, or it looks totally wrong. And so instantly, I was like, oh crap, I have way more responsibility than I thought. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be the physicality, but it's all tied in physicality, vocals and psychology. And so that made me prepare, prepare, prepare. And um, they even, they, they said on set, you know, that they, 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 there's this term they came up with where they said, you reuked that. that. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Came in one take done. Cause wow. I was just, they said, Hey, you reuked that scene. Great. That's <laughs> awesome. Moving on. Right, Cause I just, I, it was my first thing I'd ever been a part of. And I, I did not want anyone to be like, I wish Jason would just get this or something. I wanted to, and Adam Wingard gave me such a great compliment one time when we were done filming. He said, you know, this was a tough shoot. And I had a lot of fans giving a lot of opinions while we were filming, this, you know, and death threats and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he said, but every day I saw on the call sheet, oh, Jason's coming to set today. Awesome. Okay. It's going to be, it's going to be easier. And I was like, that's awesome. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So I just so in that way we did work together without working together. And then he got in the voiceover booth and had motion capture dots on his face and um and and Adam directed him and they edited it together and you know came out. I I I love I love how they how Ryu came together in that. Really yeah. the whole visual effects, the costume team, the makeup, everything is is 
It's just so smooth. I think it's, you know, like I wouldn't change a thing in it. Adam's direction was, was phenomenal that, of that. And just even little technical things. I remember when we were in the school, you know, how, when you laugh, you laugh like, <laughs> <laughs> right. You laugh like that. And we did a take where he said, can you like do your shoulders like that when you laugh? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I can. <laughs> and, and so we try to take and, <laughs> and, and then I come over and look at the monitor and I'm like, holy crap, that looks like Ryuk. <laughs> and I would have never done that without him suggesting oh, that. Yeah. So it's such a huge team. Um, and actually the red dots were practical. I wore these like glasses type thing that had two red lights right here at my oh. eyes. And, um, and so in dark shots where you can't see, they don't have to do any visual effects. It's just the eyes coming through the black in the background or over his shoulder or something. Um, and just all of it. Yeah. It looks, it looks phenomenal. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought it was like flawless. Everything just so smooth. I'm very grateful. I'm surrounded by a great team of people who help because if everything looks bad, you can do the best. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I've right. been in situations where I'm like, <laughs> I look like an idiot. <laughs> I won't say any names or projects, but like, and, you know, like, luckily it's been very, 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 very few. And it's been like none of the features or anything I've done, but it's just like, I can do anything. I'm going to look like an idiot. Like, so when you're surrounded by great people who, who, make you look great they make you look great that's awesome yeah. so, literally uh, sometimes you're sitting there and just <sighs> <laughs> just breathe and give it life and holy crap amazing it's like it's <laughs> <just> there <laughs> and, and then look okay well that was incredible <laughs> well, let's do it again moving on <laughs> so the team around you is huge yeah. that's awesome though so uh, how about the uh, the reception for Hellraiser? Because um, yeah. you know, at first people, you know, and then when it came out, I mean, there's people don't like it, but there's it had a lot of uh, love for it. a lot of people who were diehard Hellraiser fans saying it was, you know, the best one since like the first. You were two one of them, Neil. I remember you were like, you know, one yeah, of the people telling me one, like, yeah. hey, you got to watch this movie. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, re the react if you made a reaction or a video review, I, and, and I watched. Uh, so, like, a lot of people said stuff like that, and it was the best one since the first and the second one. Um, which I mean, it's hard to you can't beat nostalgia, right? No matter how good right, something right. is. So, but so for people to say that is really great. And there are people who didn't like it; and they disagree with this and that. And um, and I think one thing David David said in an interview was that a lot of people had issues with like the way they told the story, which that's. That's just, that's intentionally how they chose to tell the story. Some people are like, well, why didn't you put this in or that? And they're like, well, obviously we could have, but this was the story we wanted to tell and the way we wanted to tell it. And I mean, you're going around the studio saying, hey, you want to put up $20 million for a Hellraiser movie? And they're like, no, <laughs> of course not. Like the last one was like 200,000 and no. Um, so the fact they even freaking got it made is insane. Um, and Keith Levine just just had producing that for like a dozen years trying to get that thing going and finally did. And I think for the for the for the story that they were telling from beginning to end, I've watched it a few times. I don't know how they could have made it higher quality or better. I think I think they're excited if we get a sequel to tell now a different story to go a different direction. And 
some people are like, well, why wasn't there more nudity and sexuality and, and more <laughs> this and more that? And they're like, well, we could have, but like, read the room. When was the last time a Hellraiser movie? Was, we just needed to get it made and tell a story that would bring in fans and a new in a wide new audience too. Right, exactly. And a sequel, we can go nuts, and we can. And so, if if we get greenlit, so, um, yeah, for that, and then the reception's just been great. It's been really cool. Fans have loved it. There's so much, you know, fan art and and um, critically, it's the best reviewed film. Doesn't mean that it's the best, but it's the best reviewed. So it's just cool to see that. It's I think it's the first project I've been a part of that is Rotten Tomatoes fresh, which that's cool. Okay. Uh, you know, honestly, it only matters so much. Yeah, like, right. Like, um there there are some movies that are not fresh that are some of my favorite dumb and dumbers somewhere in like the 20s or 30s and that movie's amazing oh, okay. how do you not like that movie um yep. but uh but yeah it's, it's very very cool very cool and um but honestly it, it really what matters most is is just how you think of yourself you can have 100 percent on rotten tomatoes but but if i don't think if i if i'm not happy with it if i don't think if i if i phoned it in and i'm like uh or if i just like you have a negative thought life it doesn't matter you know it's that that saying of like you know all the likes and followers and this and that in the world but if you look in the mirror and you don't like yourself you know but if you look in the mirror and you like yourself i don't care anybody says that's all good yeah like if someone doesn't like a movie i was on i really don't care that's great i, <laughs> I had an amazing experience and um and i'm grateful you know and, and i focus on the people who really do like it yeah yeah so you've done conventions for uh for godzilla uh, are you doing conventions for hellraiser I haven't done any yet. My parents manager tried to get some going that were in the fall, but really up until like a month out, we couldn't even say I was in it. Um, right. And, uh, and, and then once it said it was in it, okay. And then chatter was in the first trailer and then, but it was too late to get anything in the fall. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll be at some in 2023. That'll be fun. Cause I haven't been to one since 2019. Um, but that's always, it's always a lot of fun to meet, to meet fans. And there's always one or two a day that just, they cry and you cry and you're like, dude, you're amazing. <laughs> you know, or, or ones that are just funny. Like there was one, one time for Godzilla and, um, the guy walked out and instantly any of the Godzilla, they know who I'm about to say. There's a guy that walked up one time. It was kind of like, yeah, I saw the movie last night. And we're like, Oh, cool. Did you like it? Or, you know? And he's like, I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and we're like, Cool. And then he paid for autographs and pictures. And we're like, okay, that was weird. You know, uh, <laughs> you, what, okay. That was all right. That was interesting. Um, but there's one, there's things that it's all, but I love, I love, I love convince. So much fun to meet it. And then you also like, you're sitting I next to me. I'm sorry. I have a spider right in front of my face here. We're going right, to yeah. move him. All right. Sorry. Go on. Oh, you're fine. But then you also, you like, you know, you get to go back behind the scenes and have lunch and like, there's that person who's played those people. And Oh my gosh. Or, oh. you know, you're back in the green room and you're getting some food and, and uh, uh, Mr. Shatner. Absolutely. Yeah. He's <laughs> like William Hi. By the way, I'm such a big fan of your stuff. He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's really cool when you get to, you know, you meet other people you admire and you respect like that too. So conventions are so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I've been to a convention since, uh, since the pandemic. Yeah, it's so, been a while for us. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy to get back into the theater. So you said you were making uh you know short films as a kid. Were they horror movies or what kind of stuff were you were you into? All kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> there's there's something my brother made one time when we were just throwing the football around and like put like 
epic Star Wars music to it and made it super dramatic. And he's he's a great director and editor and producer and, and filmmaker. Um, and he uh, he still does some documentaries. If you look up Jordan Lyles, L-I-L-E-S, he has some incredible documentary features and shorts and videos that he puts up on YouTube. Um, and um, some, I believe, with like millions of views, like some awesome stuff. Oh, wow. But, um, but uh, we did like our own rendition of maybe a theme from Sixth Sense. You know, when he runs into the tent and all that, and he's praying and everything, or or just let's make a movie today. And um, what if it's about this? Okay, let's just shoot it. And we just figure out shot for shot. And then he'd edit together and put music. And um, a, a, a trending theme that we had was something scary would happen. And then at the end of the movie, I'd, and I'd wake up and it was all a dream. Um, something like that. Or, you know, maybe, maybe like the day Christmas, you know, every place is closed. And so we're going to go to this parking garage where there's no cars and we're going to go in there. We're going to film something. And um, yeah, we like sci-fi supernatural type stuff and like, you know, things like, things like that, but it just, whatever, just whatever. He always made stuff and, and we just would make a movie and yell at each other while we're making the movie. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, just whatever, whatever, we just read lots of stuff somewhere. He has copies of all that stuff somewhere. Yeah. All right. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll release them, or maybe you don't want him to release them. It's me at 11 and 12 years old, um, you know, and I've seen some of them, and I'm like, hey, we had no idea what we were doing. This, this is not bad. Like, that, I didn't even know what I was doing, but that performance, look at how I hit that mark, and I didn't even know what a mark was, and, and look at you with the editing and how you're doing that. Wow, and the transition to, we had no, this is not bad. It really isn't. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Maz wants to know what was Jamie Clayton like to work with as uh, as the new pinhead? Very professional, very hardworking, very sweet. Um, we only had so much interaction. If you watch when Chatterer is on set with it's very it's very small scenes, um, very encouraging. I know there are certain like like uh, the scene the gate scene. You know she's watching as I come up out of the earth and and I and I just you know I'm I'm dealing with all this stuff and the head and everything. And I just hear her come up. That was effing amazing. You were effing <laughs> incredible in that scene. And I'm like, Oh, where are you? <laughs> um, and you know, riding in the van and she, and, and she's sitting there with everything she has on and, 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 and just, you know, we're just chattering priests riding the set. <laughs> What's up? But we only got so much time to really talk and hang out. And then, and then the final day, um, and then there's obviously the scene with, with Aoife and her back gets ripped off and that whole thing and the thing and the neck and Chatter's just there watching the whole time. And so cool to just watch her be the priest. And, um, but then the, the final, like the last morning I was there before the next morning, I flew back. I flew back a couple of weeks early because I was wrapped. Um, I went downstairs and, and she only and I, she, we only talk so much, you know, and, um, and, I went down to the breakfast area, really nice restaurant in this, and included breakfast with this uh, hotel, the Hilton, the Hilton Hotel in, in Belgrade. And I looked around, and she was the only person I know from Castor Crew there. And um, and I, I I think I'd worked the day before, so I'd slept late, and breakfast was about to close. And I saw her over there, and I was kind of like, well, we haven't really talked much. And now nah, I'm going to go over there and say, hey. And went over there and say, is this seat taken? She said, hey, you, yeah, you go ahead. She's finished up. So I was like, I'll probably go get my food and sit down. She'll leave. Um, she probably, you know, she's probably going to go do something else. And I said, we sat there and talked for like an hour and a half and the and breakfast closed and we got to know each other. We talked about backgrounds and this and that and everything and how terrified she was of playing the priest because she wanted to do it such justice. And, 
Um, she's like, I'm just afraid certain people, like people are going to hate me. I was like, well, you, someone's always going to hate somebody, but you're <laughs> crushing. There are people who are going to freaking love you, who you're going to inspire for this. And, and there was a moment as we were sitting there sipping coffee and the breakfast place is closed down. We're the only ones in there. And I'm like, it's cool. Like no one even knows she is priest. No one even really knows we're filming Hellraiser, but Chatter and Priest are just having a coffee right now over breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody has any idea. This is a cool moment. Um, but she's so sweet. Saw her again at the premiere and and hugged on her and just and just she just um, sat next to the Q and A. And there are things Clive Barker was there saying things and she was just like grabbing and squeezing my knee like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> he said I'm the priest of hell. This is incredible. Um, yeah, so she she crushed it. She worked so hard. She pushed through so much discomfort and the hours of makeup and everything she had to wear. Um, the 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 throat thing actually literally like choking her while she's performing. Um, and um because it has to be tight to look like skin and and she just and she just she crushed it she's awesome great great leader of the cinemites and hopefully we get to do this again yeah yeah um it, do you know i'm sure you don't know yet but uh you're hoping that, that at some point it, everybody it seems like to, it's done well so yeah. everybody wants to i heard that it, it it performed more than twice as well as disney hoped which is good. What do you need for a thumbs up? I don't know. Um, and I know David wants to make another one. He's talked about that and he, he has ideas of where it could go. And um, I don't think there's a single person involved who, who does not want to make a sequel. Um, and so, yeah, we're all, we're all down to get in that horrible, horrible stuff. Ever again. No, it's, <laughs> and I, 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 I like, I, I would, I would, I would absolutely jump back into it a hundred percent. And, work with josh and sierra russell and the makeup team again um and everybody it'd be so much fun so but we'll just see i have no idea i don't know whose thumbs up or thumbs down decision that is i don't know um but we'll see uh rick hudson wants to know what's your favorite monster that you've not played probably either chewbacca or predator oh very cool those were dream roles um before i moved out here to la and still would be but um Chewbacca is probably done since the Skywalker saga is done. Um, Predator's not, you know. Um, and uh, Dane Deliegro uh, plays him, who's a friend of mine. And so when I saw he got that, I was like, dude, that's congratulations. And he he just got started as an actor a couple of years ago. He's he's worked his butt off out here and taking classes and studying and networking and, and building relationships like crazy. And so, so happy for him. And he crushed it and prayed. Yeah, the new Predator is great. That one yeah, just kind of really came out of nowhere. Too. Yeah really great i i'm sure there will be another one um but yeah those are a couple yeah anything in star wars anything to be part of star wars you've been in the, uh, have all star those Trek, like, things Picard. now so you never know yeah yeah there are yeah, i know a lot of the guys that make all that and they put my name in the hat a handful of times and i've gotten so close <laughs> no cigar um so close uh they were there was actually a character supposedly they were building on me um in the shop that's going to be like a Darth Vader type character in season one of Mandalorian. Oh, wow. It never happened. They oh, um, season three is coming up. There is. There is. Yeah, that, I believe they're already done filming that and that'll be coming oh. out. But, um, but I have, I have a lot of friends in, 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 in the, in, in the casting and in, in the special effects shop who are always very kind. And so that would be, um, and then I'm also good friends with Richard Taylor over at Weta Workshop, and so anything working with Weta Ooh, Workshop, nice. And I keep in touch. Like I would, uh, I'd work on anything. Which Krampus was with them, um, and Luke okay. Hawker. 
Luke Hawker played Krampus, and he actually works at the Weta Workshop. And so um, he's an incredible, very kind man, great actor, performer, great suit maker, fabricator, all of that um, as well. So uh, Mother also, he made that suit. Mother with uh, Hillary Swank, oh, wow. he made that, and that's him in it as wow. well. Uh, so he's a great, so that's Krampus inside there. Um, anything with it, anything with uh, with Richard Taylor and Weta Workshop would be a dream after being a nerd for all the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. A cheap plug. You can listen to his interview uh, from a few years ago. It's really. <laughs> oh, really? Luke I, yeah, I, yeah. I, lo- I like to get okay. any. I, I love having feature actors on because I'm a big fan, and, uh, yeah. and they all yeah. seem to be very we nice. We geek people. out for that. Yeah. yeah, yep. You have to be a nice person to do that stuff because you're sitting there getting makeup put on you for hours <laughs> right. and you're wearing things that are uncomfortable. So if you're a negative complaining, <laughs> very quickly, people are like, we're never working with him again. That's true. You probably picked the wrong profession at that point. You have to be mentally strong. You have to, you have to be in a great mood. You have to um, have a great attitude or they're just going to get someone who, who might not even be as talented, but has a better attitude and is easier to be around for 12 or 14 hours a day. Um, th- that similar comes up a lot with, uh, my independent, uh, a lot of friends who make independent films is, um, if you're, if people like having you around, they're going to have you on, on their movies. It's, it's, it seems kind of like basic sets, but yeah, yeah con- kind of common sense. It's not anybody can act. It's all, you know, you work hard at the drills of certain things and you study and you understand what marks are and stuff. You learn the, the logistical things. Anybody can understand that stuff. Anybody can play the sport. But then it's, it's all the intangibles or, and all the stuff that everyone has in their control. Like, I love asking people so I can learn, you know, producers or whatever. Hey, who, who did you like working with on the film um, other than me? Other than <laughs> who did you love working with on the film most and why? And it always comes down to, um, you know, him, because he was always the most prepared. He was always the most, he had the best attitude or, you know, it was her. She, she was the most grateful to be there every day. We never really had to even think about her. She would just sit over there and be ready. And when she, and when, and when she came up, she was ready to go and prepared and knew her stuff. It's never, well, he's the best. Well, she's the talented. It's, they're just the nicest and Doug, Doug is both. Doug Jones is incredibly talented and skilled. I don't even like the word talent, skilled. He's worked hard at the skills he has. Um, and he has a great body for it as well. But he is the sweetest, kindest, most gentle human being you would ever meet. When he hugs you, you're like, oh, my gosh, who are you? Wow. Like he's, <laughs> He is such, he'll pinch your cheeks. And, oh, my gosh, child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's just, he's. He is such a just huge heart. And Dwayne Johnson is the same. Oh, Dwayne okay. ego, never talks back to what I'm Dwayne Johnson. He never, five things he says to the director anytime the director says something. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Got it. Thanks. All he says. Wow. He comes to set with three hours of sleep. He worked out twice that morning and had means. <laughs> no joke. Because uh, I'd ask him, can you sleep last night? Hell no, man. I know <laughs> this and that. I, I, I did my workouts and I had a couple meetings and I came here. Yeah. But wow. he has the best attitude. He chooses to. And that's something that um, if someone is trying to make in this industry, check yourself and make sure you're the most positive, encouraging, uplifting person in the room. And, and that's going to get people to, because if you were going to hire people and you knew someone who fits something, who are you going to go to? The person over here who's awesome, but gosh, they complain about everything. They're like, you know what? 
they're not the best in the world, but man, they give it their best. And they're so nice and they're so positive and they're so grateful. It's going to be that person. And so it's, it's, it's those things that they don't focus on in an acting class that you actually, that's going to book you. That's why you see actors who are like, that guy sucks. Why is he in everything? <laughs> right? Because he is such an incredible person to be around. But then if you can up your skills as well, which you need to have some base skills and get and the better you get with that, it, you're untouchable. You'll work, you'll work. People will want you on everything. You'll have to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't name names, but like there's been really big actors who after they stop making a couple hits, then they're not in anything. And people probably know those names, and that's why, because people didn't like being around them. And if they're no longer making the, you know, the big bucks just being in a movie, no one wants to hire them. I've heard, I've heard people name drop. We worked for such and such, and uh, you know, and and he was he was he was you know okay, and and but uh, he didn't have the best attitude, so we'll probably never work with him ever again. Um, that that quickly, or um, yeah, he just wasn't prepared every day. Just didn't have his lines, and so um, you know, we'll, we'll probably you know, who else can we get? You know, and it's just it's it's that it's that fast. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, word of mouth's got to mean so much, like yeah. as far as things like that go. And I have That's to say, Doug Bradley comes up. Uh, not Doug. Well, he does too. But uh, but uh, yeah, Doug comes up a lot as as people mention that he, that he's a mentor of theirs. Oh yeah, eighty to ninety percent of the projects and stuff I've gotten to work on was just I just knew someone who who recommended me and vouched for me. And then still, the other ten or twenty percent is my agents and my manager recommending me and vouching for me. And then I get in the room and and I do I do the best I can. You know, so it's so, all uh, about somebody getting you you. Can't do it yourself. Yeah. Um, is there a, is there a movie that like something that you played in that um, we talked about like a lot of the ones I think people know of? Is there any that kind of flies on the radar that you you would like people to check out? Hmm. Not really. I mean, they all. They, I, I've been very fortunate um, to to work on some great known projects. It's mm-hmm. it's really which is very. I don't, I don't, I haven't worked on a ton of things, um, but I've been, it's, it's, it's very strange and, and, and that it's just other things haven't even come my way when I have nothing going on that I'd be like, well, I'm not doing anything. So sure. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's, it, it's, I've been very blessed that a lot of the things that have come since I moved out to LA have been big studio things. And, and a lot of times where I'm on the poster, you know, hidden, okay. yeah, but you know, Ryu yeah. or, or Dragon Head or um, a gorilla or something. You know, <laughs> it's it's pretty. Um, I'm very lucky. I'm very I'm very very grateful for the opportunities I've had. There's nothing really. Um, if you're a video gamer in Last of Us Part Two, one in every four runners, the infected humans that run around, that's me. Oh, okay. The voice. I, I I booked that voiceover, and that's a and I'm such a fan of of that franchise and anything Naughty Dog does. So if you're a video gamer and you played Last of Us Part Two. You've killed me a dozen times, or maybe I killed you. <laughs> so, are you working on anything currently? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, I have no idea what's next. It'll it'll come out of nowhere as it always does. We close, close, but no cigar to half a dozen awesome things this year. But it's just they can only choose one. It's just how it goes. And um, something else I've come to learn. You know, you see people who are like, I want to do what they do. You want to go through a hundred no's. <laughs> that's so close you know you, you know if you're going to find a needle in a haystack you got to go through a lot of hay you know and and, and and so it's 
there, there, there's a lot of those, but yeah, we'll, we'll see something. There's some things that people I've worked with in the past and I know they're in development or, um, or, you know, they've announced that they're making and I've connected with them and said, Hey, I know with that franchise, there's that character. I want it. And they're like, we will reach out when the time is right. Absolutely. So we'll see when those come, come to pass. And, um, and so we'll, uh, if, if they do, you know, and if they choose me, but I definitely, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I feel, I feel like 2023 is going to be an awesome year for everybody in every, every part of the world. So it's going to be huge like that. speaking that into, you know, manifesting that and finding, <laughs> finding ways to make that happen. Yeah. And we only have, a, there's only a few more days till we get there. So that's good. <laughs> yes. Very quickly. Very quickly. And uh, how can people follow you? Not back to your home, but you know, online. <laughs> my address is uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, the, the best place, which I'm only on there so much is uh, Instagram, um, which I, I am officially me now. I'm actually, you know, I am officially Jason, but at the Jason Lyles. L I L E S all one word. Cause Jason Lyles is taken. So I was like, okay, well I'll be the Jason Lyles. I like um, it, yeah. and, and, and there is a name of me on, on Twitter, but I just, I'm never on there. I don't have the app on my phone. Um, so, so Instagram is the best yeah, I'm way. I'm not a big fan of Twitter either. Even before anything that's happened, I, I've just, I've never really you don't have time to be like, I'm eating lunch right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I, I'm on all of them because of the show, but I, I do feel like uh, I'm just kind of sending the same thing on on, on three different <laughs> yeah. things. Like, yeah. check out the so show. If someone wants triplicate. to say hey or send a message request or comment on something or see what's up, which I rarely post on there. I, you know, I posted about Hellraiser, and before Hellraiser, I probably posted half a dozen times in like a year. You know, I just am. I, I wait till there's something to post about. You know. Yeah. Um, and you had but, very, you have a, you had some fun um, behind the scenes uh, photos on your Instagram. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there, I, I took a lot when I was at Hellraiser uh, over in Serbia. And so I, I have a lot more I could post to. And there's still stuff I've held on to that I I was kind of waiting for, like, what when they announced the Death Note sequel? What when they announced the Rampage sequel? Well, they haven't. So <laughs> I should probably just post that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, I like to, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Instagram, the Jason Lyles. And I'll have a little official check next to it. Oh, all right. All right. All right. The official guy. All right. Well, uh, this is very cool. It was very awesome to talk with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I should have asked how long you had before. I didn't ask. It's almost been two hours. <laughs> I was, I was I thinking of the time being like, how long are we going to go? I can keep going. I can keep going. <laughs> but actually, I, do, I, I would have to go in 15 minutes. So I was about to be like, I got to go. But, um, yeah, I normally ask before, but I forgot to ask. So I, 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 no, it's been fun. I, I like, you know, I don't, I don't like just talking about me, but like, I like, I like talking about this type <laughs> of stuff. And, and my biggest hope is that if there's anyone listening who, if, if someone's told you you're to this or you're not enough that it's probably going to be what actually makes you stand out and, and help you get into areas that other people can't. And, and if anyone says, I don't think you can do that, check their fruit on the tree. See if they actually have any results in that area. Because I had a lot of people tell me that, but I actually looked at, they had never achieved anything close to what I wanted to achieve. And then I started going to Broadway stage doors and asking this Oscar winning actor, or this Tony award winning actor, or Doug oh, Jones, wow. or whoever. And they're like, who said you're too tall? There's not enough people too tall. Nice. Dude, of course you could do it, man. I can, people told me because of this or because of that. And, and so the people who have the results said, of course you can. And the people who didn't have the results says, I don't think you can. So somebody's wrong. So um, you absolutely can. 
Um, 98% of actors who have success don't make enough to live off of just from acting. So it could be one of multiple streams of income, like a, like a fun money-making hobby when the opportunities come up. Um, I kind of say, you know, you're not right for everything. No matter, Jack Black's probably never going to play Batman. Although I would actually kind of like to see that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would, yeah. I'd pay for I that one. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Uh, but he's not the traditional Bruce Wayne look, but you know. Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening, like you can absolutely do it. Like if you have any friends, to, I remember somebody in college one time said, you're going to move to New York and be an actor? <laughs> Verbatim. And I was like, I'm going to show you. Good. Thank you for the motivation. I didn't tell him that, but I thought it. Um, and he doesn't remember that probably. And now he posts on Facebook, dude, I saw you were in the thing. That's awesome. And I was like, uh, I remember you 14 years <laughs> That day in the door bathroom when you laughed in my face. Um, use that, you know, and just just get around people who have the results that you want. Do what they did and you'll have what they have. But you have to be willing to work and you got to know how to listen to the right people. I like that advice. Very good. Yep, absolutely. And I, I always like to hear that Doug Jones is a good guy. I was, uh, I was trying to look up quick. Matthew Patrick Davis, we had on a few weeks ago, uh, who played the mother and barbarian. Yeah. Very uh, similar things about Doug Jones, about him being his mentor and stuff. So if somebody nice. doesn't like him, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, yeah, you know, that's you've never met him. Or if you met him and you don't like him, what's wrong with you? Great <laughs> for you. Like what? Like he's, he's such a sweet giving person. And he's a mentor of all different levels to so many people because he just he's such a giving. It's also no secret. He's kind of like he's like he's like, child, I'm done with these all this makeups. I've done everything. <laughs> he's the butler in the Lifetime movie who who gives the advice to the daughter. <laughs> I have 10 minutes of like verbatim film like a week or two ago. That is he told me years ago. That's still his dream. That is he just five of those a year, and he's just oh, it'll be so good. And he's good to go. Yeah, nobody dies, nobody comes up from hell. No makeup, just five minutes of makeup, and just I have clothes and hands and eyes. That's all he wants to do at this point, unless Guillermo Toro calls and he's like, Well, yeah, I have to do it. Yeah, Yeah, when the maestro calls you, I guess you're obligated. Yeah. All right, very good. Well, we will let you go. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play music for our music of the month, and then Troy and I are gonna come back. We're gonna take some Zoom calls since it's the last show of the year. If anyone wants to zoom in and talk horror or nonsense, you can you can do so. Awesome, Neil Troy. Thank you so much for having thank me, guys. You, Happy New Jason, Year's. thank you. Come on anytime. We, yeah, uh, absolutely. Next time something comes out, we'll we'll chat about it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Right. Sounds good. All right. Wish we you all the best. Thank you. Be right back. Anyone needs to use the restroom, but then you can zoom in. It's withoutyourhead.com slash zoom. I see some people in the in the waiting room already. We'll bring you in in about four minutes. All right. Thank you. Now, I do have this music ready. I should have. Uh, <laughs> it's very smooth here. Very smooth transition.
Yes, all right. Back <laughs> here without your head. A big thanks to Jason Lyles. We're taking Zoom calls. You can zoom in. It's uh, withoutyourhead.com slash Zoom. And I will also post this link in the chat. We've got a couple people here joining us. Oh, one's very exciting. We have uh, George Mars with us. First time caller here to the show. Hello, George. Welcome. Hello. Nice. What the hell are you doing? Right, I think we'll get rid of George. All right. Move this person. And we'll report them to Zoom. All right. Very weird. Yes. Okay. All right. Very, very odd people. Now he waited all that time. He's been zooming in for like an hour. But look. We have Michael St. Michael's on the line with us. Yahoo. That's a good thing. Is it? We win. We win. Yes. Ah. Well, can I share in the winnings? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my other fucking light? <laughs> <laughs> Very good to see you, Michael. It's good to be seen. It's good to see you, too. How you been? Very good. Very good. Was Santa good to you this year? He was, yes, both do it, both to Troy and I. You've yeah, never uh, met Troy in person. No, we've we've talked on, uh, you know, on yeah. the show, but mm-hmm. I've never met Michael. That's that's on my short list. He's on my, it's uh, on my bucket list. Ah, well, that's one thing you can dump out now. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you doing? How is Santa to you? Ah, uh, well, you know. I uh, actually, I had rather a good time. I uh, found my other light. I uh, I went to a white elephant and ugly uh, sweater party. Nice. Oh, very cool! And Had a good time. Got drunk. Got fat. <laughs> all in that one night. Yeah, that worked. <laughs> then you lost it all the next day. <laughs> lost all the weight the next day. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it was a shitty experience, but <laughs> what can I say? All right. Well, we also have uh, Creepy Craig is is joining us as well. Oh, very nice. Uh, gang's uh, all here now. Yeah, makeup artist. Very cool. That can you hear me? Craig? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he can hear me. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. He can hear you. Oh, awesome. What's the, he's got like a buzzard in front of him or something. Okay. Now, this is a little thing. Probably Ooh. you guys might. Do you remember this? Well, let me see if you can even see it. Hold on. I don't know how to get the. No. Sorry. That buzzard belongs to this model kit. Troy may recognize it. I do indeed. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the buzzard. That's the vulture. So I'm that's actually. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's what right, I, we that's were, why the buzzard is there. Sorry. We were thinking of you at where were we, Neil, when we saw like the um the old model with the uh the spring activated model uh with the skeleton. Oh yeah, oh, I think it was piece. at uh it was, was it at the thrift store? Maybe it was. At and favors? I was like, Oh my god, that's the best. Yep. We should have bought. Yeah, they the all the the old Pirates of the Caribbean kits. Yeah, from from uh, I think it's MPC or Adar had them. 
yeah, well, they came out with them again. Oh, they like re-released them? Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That might have been the one. Might might have been the, uh, yeah, the one with the cool. wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got the pirates there. Yeah. So for uh, people don't know, last time I saw Michael, too, was, um, well, let's see. Last time I saw Craig, I believe, was at Buffalo Dream- Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. And last time I saw Michael was at the premiere of our film, The Once and Future Smash, which was very exciting. How do I get to see you guys? I can't. That's only on me. <laughs> oh, you're only seeing yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm only seeing myself. Uh, uh, I think you have to go to view and hit uh, gallery. All right. I'll try to do this. Okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, take my evening pills. I'll be, uh, they're all in a container. I just need to pour a cup of coffee. And, all right. Uh, uh, I shall return and when all I right. do, I'll be back. All right. Very, very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So what's, what's you- going on? With- how many models you got there? You got a nice little collection. Oh my god! <laughs> um, um, these are the ones I have finished. Those are the old Planet of the Apes ones. Oh, rock on! Uh, you saw those. Is uh, the monsters? Oh, sweet! Uh, the other Planet of the Apes. Uh, the Godzilla ones, and oh, sweet! And then. More of the monsters. Yep. Oh, there's Ghidorah. We just yeah, we're just talking about yep. that. Yeah, and just to give you a little thing, this is actually you heard us heard me talk about Dick Smith, and you probably oh, yeah. know. Oh yeah, so those are actually original Dick Smith pieces. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm literally going across my 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 basement. Those are pieces <laughs> from other <laughs> other movies. Well, that's too there's, cool. Though. There's uh that i don't know you can see it there there's oh, Gorgo yeah. and we've got prisoner and i'll show you <clears throat> quite a mess part in the mess but those are all one of my unmade kits oh, oh wow oh you got enough to keep busy for a while yeah then. yeah is that a he-man one? Did i see he-man he-man oh well, maybe must that. not have been no there's no he-man all right Matthew uh, here. Matthew Hill says awesome models. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, there's some in that one, too. And here's another oldie. Um, I'm sorry. My, I'm trying to do it. Uh, can you see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's a giant T-Rex. And that's all filled with other model kits that are all that I made and fell <laughs> apart. <laughs> and then. There's a few more of those uh, uh, prehistoric scenes. That's one of the other ones I've. Oh yeah, before. yep. Oh, that's and very cool. The, that's uh, the. They're all. They've been drinking. Uh, I haven't seen those in so long. Yeah, and there's some. Uh, you know, uh, Mazinga that and right. Yeah, the great Mazinga. Awesome. Yep, and there's that thing down there. And speaking of those, let me show you these. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I used to have Shogun them. Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he the passed them down to me when I was when I was a little boy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Godzilla is yeah. great with that set, too. 
Yeah, I think I have it somewhere, but of course I lost the arm that, that oh, shot off and God knows where that is. That always happened. I think our dog oh. ate at least three of those. <laughs> As a way to push out the stool, I guess. <laughs> the fist, you know? yep. uh, how you, you guys all right? You guys doing good? Yeah, all yeah. things are good here. Good okay. holiday. Excellent. Are you snowed in there? No, no, we got oh, no good. snow at all here in New York. Long Island, okay. None at all. I've been I hearing all like, the stuff going on with Greg. Yeah, yeah. Greg snowed in there in Buffalo. Oh, oh Buffalo got riding. beaten. I guess they got yeah. beat down. By the way, I do have to mention uh, the good people at Summer Everest supplied me with this uh, wow. very cool shirt here that I'm wearing. That is an awesome shirt. It is a badass shirt, Neil. I like that. That is a real cool shirt. Yeah. So in the coming weeks, I'll be wearing a lot of shirts from the good people at Summer Everest, and I think you should uh, should check them out. I'll, okay. I'll do it. Certainly will. I'm always interested in getting a cool shirt. Yep. Oh, by the way, I forgot something, because tonight I'm also going to open Christmas presents that people sent me, so people can watch me open presents. I left them up, <laughs> in the, up upstairs. I'm going to go grab them quick. So uh, you talk to Craig real quick. I'll be right back. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to do a gloat. I'll be right back. Very briefly. Uh, this is my award for uh, being the world's greatest actor. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is, I'm not sure, but somebody said <laughs> this to me. Uh, I love that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> nope, that's the best. And, uh, well, the rest of it's, uh, oh, yeah. I have a greasy strangler <laughs> mug, which you can almost see. I could see it for a moment. Yep, yep, very uh, good. Well, a quick flash of that's all you need. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I like the big mic hoodie. Sweatshirt that got a cease and desist <laughs> Because it said big Mike and not big Ronnie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's a no-no that i guess yes i know so i thought oh yeah i and here my uh my screen debut uh wow that was Video uh, a screening i actually didn't go to uh i showed the movie at a bar that i used to hang out at instead which is a good thing to do. Kept me drunk for the rest of my time in San Francisco. That's awesome. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? Uh, at the time, um, I was just drinking mostly gin and tonic for uh, the quinine, you know. Uh, okay. I, uh, I drink bourbon and water now. Well, actually, I drink bourbon-flavored water. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I remember that now when we went out to eat. You were the, a tall glass with a little bit of bourbon, yeah. Yeah, I a like lot that. of water. No ice, because the <laughs> ice will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the hard stuff. you got to stay away from... Literally, it's the hard stuff. Yes. Yeah. I found my new favorite gin is uh, Sweet Gwendolyn. It's a french gin and it's out of sight i love it and it's got like the old john willie uh sweet wendell and 
illustration on the bottle. It's fantastic. Yeah, I just drink <laughs> uh, I drink black coffee and uh, seltzer water. <laughs> I, I don't drink enough. <laughs> I, I limit myself now to very expensive champagne. Uh, Fancy lad over here. Get that. So far, I haven't made a movie big enough that my entire paycheck would buy a bottle of it, but <laughs> I keep hoping. <laughs> so I, hate, I hope this isn't annoying if I open presents that people sent me in front of everybody. But so uh, here's one from Goblin House. Oh. So they're a little uh, late here, but I promised everyone I would open them on the show. I have no idea what's in these. I'm intrigued. We got a goblin house keychain. Nice. Like a witch. Nice. That's very nice. I like that. We have a goblin house pin. That's very nice. I will wear mm. that on the show. A goblin, I, I believe this is all goblin house stuff. Goblin house uh, beer koozie, which is very nice. I'll put that on my Coca Cola. Goblin house uh, magnets, very cool. And then we got some cool patches here. We got oh nice oh, twenty years of goblin house man. patches. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Thank you, the fine people of Goblin House. Uh, I've bought many patches from them, so thank you. Merry and Christmas. Thank you. We got one more here, and this is from, uh, he's in the chat room. This is from Diablo Joe, who does oh. the, our written, re our movie reviews. Always enjoy his reviews. Yes. He's a good man. He does a lot of cool reviews. Unlike Jason Mitten, who just gave up <laughs> on tour. <laughs> He like found the Lord and but uh Jason uh, is gonna come to uh, Atlanta to see our movie. Oh very good. That's so if cool. you didn't yeah, if you didn't get out to uh, LA to see it with everybody, that was a really cool experience. Um it played a lot of places, but it is coming to Atlanta. And um I think it's also gonna be playing at another convention in uh I mean uh festival in uh England. But I'm sure it'll be playing more. When places. is the Atlanta one? Uh, March. Okay. What convention is that? Um, Renegades. Oh, okay. So oh, they know they have the big Dragon Con in usually in September. Oh. Yeah, so this is a movie festival. So oh, okay. we okay. oh, nasty one. Hope you enjoy this Diablo Joe bloody hell saw. Oh, I won't read that. Ooh. I'll read that after we open. <laughs> Is there any chance of getting into uh, South Korea? Korea? I don't know. I, I will. I will uh, look into that because you... uh, that market's incredible. Uh, I did something that showed up there. Uh, South Korea, not North Korea. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, I actually got checks. So oh, oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, like a, I had two days on that film. Yeah. Oh, cool. That would be nice. Yeah. So, I thought so too, but that's, 
a market with a lot of money behind it for some reason. Right. Well, they crank out a lot of good stuff too. You know? Yeah. Okay. And we'll got ripped off and shown all over China. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo Joe Bloody Hell Sauce. It's got uh, the Without Your Head uh, Diablo Joe logo on nice. it. That's very cool. We'll put that right up here. I don't have You're much running room. out of room, Chief. No, I put up all these. Uh, I put up a bunch of decorations for New Year's. Oh, okay. Okay, so have you down that whole bottle for New Year's? <laughs> the bottle of hot yeah, sauce. When we do shots, you'll have yeah. to do a shot of the hot sauce still. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy this Diablo Joe Bloody Hell Sauce made by my friend Chef Dan Lane. If you like it, maybe we'll get to make more. Oh, very cool. Ooh. Actually, that is that's something maybe we could look at we could uh, collaborate on maybe we could uh, get some of uh, make make maybe make a greasy uh, hot sauce maybe we could work with some of our buddies here like michael oh Saint that'd michael. be badass yeah we'll, we'll figure something out yeah yeah we had a an olive oil but <laughs> exactly yeah you make uh, you make in the room there i believe yeah you know but we had these little bottles of olive oil with the you know greasy strangler oh you actually did make them i thought you were making a joke but that's very cool yeah, that. <laughs> no, it's extra virgin. Nice. <laughs> Which I found out means that somebody actually tasted it. <laughs> I wonder how, how does something be extra virgin? Well, it's because with olive oil, it means somebody who made it actually tasted it. Oh. <laughs> they didn't say whether they liked it or not. It just <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, the worst it's, olive oil you've ever had. But. Extra virgin. You know, somebody else tasted it. So <laughs> it's probably safe to die unless they die too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, don't stab. Uh, <laughs> they were worried I was going to stab myself open. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll try this hot sauce live on the show here. Oh, it's not, it's not like you're running with scissors. So. Yep. No, sitting oh, with scissors. <laughs> you can always see uh, Gene Wilder in Young Frankenstein. That's a. I, I don't know if I've ever. I've told this story before, but maybe not on the show. So one night I was taking an Uber home from uh, from the bus stop, and uh, there was a young. Uh, the driver was pretty young, like probably in his twenties, and he's like, "Oh, where'd you come from?" And I was like, "I was up in Boston at this marathon." watching old horror movies and he's like oh and so i was telling frankenstein and then he started oh i just saw that for the first time he starts explaining it and then i realized he's talking about young frankenstein <laughs> and he's like oh yeah i saw the original one the first one they made the old black and white one and then he started going i was like oh god he's talking about young frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> i didn't bother telling him i was like oh. no. <laughs> Hmm. Do I just drink this? I don't know. I would. Go for it. Oh God, dude. <laughs> hmm. It's very good. It's oh, it is oh, if the heat hits you afterwards. <laughs> it was very sweet at first. <laughs> I know, He's heat. burning his tongue off. He's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> it's almost like a tight uh, sweet chili sauce where it's sweet and then the then the heat hits you after. <laughs> So did you meet Satan for a hot second? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all out of drinks here, but that was good. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so you got to. 
<laughs> Thank you, Diablo Joe. I like that. You won't be able to feel your lips in a couple of minutes. Who <laughs> <laughs> needs uh, be hot chips in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hotter coming out than going in, maybe. <laughs> So how was did, did you end up getting tacos for your final ta- for the final Taco Tuesday of 2022? Yes, of course. Nice. Yeah, At the same I, place we went to, or was it a different place? Uh, it was a different place. Uh, there's, you know, what I've been craving lately is a hamburger, and there used to be like a ton of hamburger places around here, and they're all gone. Oh no uh, way! Yeah, I mean, oh. you know. Now I can get, well, I have limited range on my scooter, so, uh, but I can get to two different, well, three different taco places. And uh, the one I like the best is they serve these old school deep fried, you know, corn tortillas with some ground meat of dubious nature (laughs) covered in lettuce and tomatoes and onions. And they give you this, uh, salsa that uh, can cause second and third degree chemical burns. Right. I remember you were getting extra hot sauce when we were yeah. out for tacos. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Now I could go for tacos right now. Yeah, all Plus, I had was some soup. I'm sorry, you missed it. You'll have to wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we all get together in Atlanta, I'm sure they got some kind of burger joint somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I saw Bill yeah. was upset that he that he missed out on tacos when we were there. He, he thinks we, oh. we we ducked out on them. <laughs> you holding out the tacos from them? Huh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, do you have anything coming up, Michael? Any uh, any conventions or anything? I really don't know. The last thing I went to was uh, you know Lexington, Kentucky, and that was an amazing experience. People either there thought I was God or they didn't have a clue. Uh, I got taken to this restaurant and I noticed walking in, there's pres, you know, there's pictures of presidents and Kentucky Derby winners and all those. Oh, nice. And by the end of the evening, because the people who owned the restaurant liked the movie, they took my picture to put up on that wall. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wish I could afford to go there. The, the, the cheapest thing on the menu was a $98 six-ounce uh, steak. Yowza. Oh, wow. And fortunately, we were being hosted by some fan who loved us. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, sir, but uh, uh, you're always be in my heart. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jason, who I mentioned earlier, he lives in, in Kentucky. I was at that convention once, uh, the one in Kentucky. Is it, um, I forget the name of it now. Um, Fright, is it for not Fright Fest? That's in uh, Scarefest, is it? Maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. I've got a thing hanging up on my wall of shame, you know. But, uh... <laughs> but yeah, though, that's a really cool uh, convention. And uh, the fans there, you know, uh, yeah, they were really cool. It was a good, yeah, that was a good time. So Troy, I, I saw people, that- Michael, I'd say that, you know, that's when I won the Kentucky Derby a couple years ago, you know, oh, yeah. just tell them that. Then your picture's up on that wall too. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, I was Kentucky- not, never quite short enough to be a jockey though. That's my problem. <laughs> 
I am, but I'm, I'm not light enough. <laughs> well, we can fix that. That's, <laughs> that's what, um, uh, oh, the chief. Uh, oh, the basketball player? Yeah. Uh, Patrick what, Ewing? Uh, no, he played for the Celtics. Um, oh, 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 yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I can't think of his name now. Shame on me. But he yeah, always wanted to be a jockey, and when he was... 12 years old and he was six foot one he realized it probably wasn't going to happen <laughs> i think he did all right for himself. yeah he probably did all right yeah <laughs> i'm sure there's a lot of jockeys wishing they were playing in the nba yeah. <laughs> well, he'd be all right if he rode a clydesdale or uh, that's true if he gets something like 20 hands high he'd be good yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're seven foot one you need a pretty that big could horse be a new sport yeah yep. And the giant uh, Clydesdale. Yeah. <laughs> they put the horse on his back, and he exactly. Like, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, now here in Long Beach, they used to breed uh, Shires, which are just uh, the next horse down from the Clydesdale for big draft horses. Yeah, yep, like yep. Uh, the the light tractor of the Middle Ages. Knights rode on them also. Yeah, they were badass. I love those. When I was in uh, Kentucky, uh, Jason took me out for a thing called the Kentucky Hot Brown. <laughs> that, that sounds <laughs> illegal in some states. <laughs> well, I can't remember exactly what it was. It's like a big mess. Basically. Were you unconscious when <laughs> yeah, you, you got it? <laughs> they roofied them and they gave them a hot brown and told them afterwards. <laughs> um let's see i'm trying to follow <laughs> it's basically just like bread punish him with, with the hot sauce yeah <laughs> you'll get them back next time yeah it's like bread covered in in bacon and cheese and turkey and and melted cheese and gravy wow all right, I could go. I'll get the tacos and a hot brown. Yeah. Good. I remember being pretty good, I'll be honest. But I guess, like, if you just pile everything on on some bread, it's got to be not too bad. Yep. Is your doctor on speed dial after eating? <laughs> <laughs> that was when I was very heavy. But yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't eat. I don't uh, make a normal habit of eating the Kentucky heart hot brown. <laughs> I, I didn't get any Kentucky fried chicken though when I was. <laughs> They might have big shrines in Kentucky to the Colonel. <laughs> I think they do. I was let down when we went to London and you think, oh, you know, there's all these old restaurants. And then you go there and it's KFC and Pizza <laughs> Hut and Applebee's. You were looking for like the the bloody uh, lamb or something. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. The slaughtered lamb. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to get Applebee's when I'm in London. <laughs> yep. I don't want to get Applebee's when I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> you were just in London again, weren't you? Yeah, this year for the for our, mm. our movie premiered there. That was very cool. Mm. What did you say, Michael? Sorry. Bloody lamb. That sounds good, though. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. That'll be I, our new uh, pub. I love dead sheep. I think <laughs> that's the new to eat. Yeah, it's, it's they're easier. Yeah. <laughs> easier than the live one. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fight as much. <laughs> sorry. Kind of off-putting when they're just watching you. They're just looking at you while you're chowing down on it. 
<laughs> Didn't you once, Troy, in Chinatown, you went to this uh, restaurant and they came out and they served you lobster and the lobster itself was still alive and like you're supposed to eat the tail while, while yeah, it was that was and- That was just weird. I, I had a tough time with that. It's like, I don't know. Anything that's looking at me when I'm trying to eat it, like, no, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> a softy. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I never I became like a cannibal. Legs. I don't know. Oh, I yeah. You can't find crab legs anymore. They were all at the uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're, they am at the Chinese buffet, but then everyone goes up and like uh, they battle you for them so they can get them all. Pass. <laughs> Neil and I had some good lamb at the uh, Rodizio yesterday. Yeah, at the Brazilian Grill. We had really good yeah. lamb. A few years ago at the place down there, it's not here anymore, actually, but they had, they did the, um, what was it? The, uh, the game night where it was like all like uh game meat. Oh yeah. They had the wild boar and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah that was, very, that was a fun time. Yeah. You guys ever eat alligator? I have. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Tastes just like chicken. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> smoked eel too at a Filipino Thing. I love eel, I, especially smoked eel. I love it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I used to do hair for these fashion shows, and then you know, most of the time they'd have some kind of party after, and this was uh, well, they had smoked eel. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into uh, d- uh, doing hair, being a hairstylist? I just uh, thought it was an easy way to get laid, and I was like, <laughs> "Why did you leave it then?" Yeah. I know. Uh, I got bored. <laughs> you know, I, too uh, many ladies. Yeah, I I had to make my exit from San Diego rather hurriedly. Uh, I woke up one morning, and uh, I saw this naked woman in the street across the street from my place saying uh that uh the guy inside was a drug dealer and he kept the stuff over there and pointed to my place uh i found a big bag of cocaine and another bag of quaaludes uh without really even looking i mean they were stuck under piles of dirty laundry uh and i i ran out i got dressed i grabbed the bible it was a sunday morning and uh ran back to the laundry room because these were like little cabin or, you know, in facing each other in a courtyard. And I was coming out of that as the police were starting to pound on my door and they looked at me and asked me who I was. I gave them the name of the manager of the complex and they said, where are you going? And I held up my Bible and church and walked away. And, uh, Ended up in San Francisco and wow. ended up getting into the movie business because I wow. met these people on acid during moratorium <laughs> day in the 60s, I guess. Uh, and we were on acid wandering around Big Sur and we ran into this other group of people who were wandering around on acid and Big Sur. And they ended up being, well, they were movie editors 
And they got me in uh, when I came up to San Francisco after my great escape. And uh, then somebody, because I was there, they said, uh, uh, you know, will you be in our play? And I thought, sure, I sucked. I was horrible. <laughs> I played three different <laughs> characters. Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh, Visions of Simone. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? That famous German author, uh, mm. Bertolt Brecht. Yeah. Okay. okay. And uh, I played, at first, I played a, a French sergeant. Then I played a French refugee, and then I played a German uh, stormtrooper. So it kind of looked like I, uh, you know, deserted and then joined the other side by the end of the play. <laughs> you so you had, you had that, no, uh, Go on, Troy, sorry. No, I was just wondering, had you acted at all before that, or yeah, it was just saying. something, yeah, you just kind of fell into it? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Did you fall in love with acting eventually? Did you like uh, it right away? Or? No, but it's one of the few things I know how to do. Uh, you know, I got some good advice from some great people. Uh, it, it consisted of pretty much just have a thought in your head <laughs> and let go of your face. <laughs> That's and interesting. Be- let go of your mm. face. Huh? What well, does that mean? Let go of your face. <laughs> was that sorry? Michael Caine told me that. No way. That's yeah. Wow. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was a movie. I was an extra, and it was a movie with, uh, you know, that big guy uh, who was a cop or something or became a cop. Uh, and it was about the oil fields in Alaska and pollution. And oh, yeah. The guy with the ponytail. I can't think. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. I was in a couple of things with him. Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my, my great quick memory of names. Is <laughs> yeah, but that was good, though. You you rapidly in this <laughs> You had the good description, though, you know, big guy that wanted to be a cop and like that was him. <laughs> what was he like? Because I've heard, you know, some people, uh, some people don't have great uh, stories about Steven Seagal. I don't really either. I mean, he just, you know, he looked at me and he said, you know, you should be you should be a movie star. And uh, and I said, OK, uh, give me something in this film. And uh he just turned around and left. <laughs> I, I think that's an amazing story. <laughs> that one, it's easy to imagine, though. Yeah, yep. Then he just gets up and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> you what, what else do you need? <laughs> so uh, when you when you first started acting, uh so you did a play. When did you start getting into the movies? Uh, well, that was like 81, I think. Uh, the first film I was in, I was an extra in The Woman in Red. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, there was a shot of me wearing a tweed coat, uh, pointing. <laughs> uh, but that was even on the news the next oh, really? day huh. for several days. So I saw my the back of my head, which I consider my good side, <laughs> and, uh, you know, my arm up. And that's what was in the movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, then, uh, I don't know. In Thief of Hearts, I was uh, a photo double for. Uh, I don't remember his name either, but uh, there was a sailing scene and I got that gig because I didn't have a sail. And uh, there was a, you know, they were, the, the lines kept getting tangled. So I was out, it was, you know, they weren't, they didn't set up the boat properly. Uh, and I got out there. I finally got it done, and I turned around. And I went, hey, you know, and they left that. In the, <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. Uh, they left that in the uh, theatrical release of the film. <laughs> it, uh, got quickly edited out of uh, the uh, VHS, and it was not there when it was on TV either. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I was going to go and get a copy of that one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I did several things like that. You know, I did a, a PSA for child molesters. Uh, <laughs> Pro or con? <laughs> I'm really sure. It just had a kid around a playground with a candy bar in my <laughs> Michael's here going, you know, strangers' candy tastes the best. <laughs> And uh, I just painted my van. I got a I got a voiceover gig after that. That was fun. They uh, took me to this incredible lunch. Uh, I did a thing for the Redwoods of California, uh, promoting cutting them down, of course. Oh, and, no. oh. <laughs> and then they gave me a bag of pot and sixty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> How how was the women compared uh, to to the hairdressing? Well, I never got laid more than five times in a day, <laughs> but uh, it was pretty good. I bet I can imagine. So when the you were getting bars paid off, yeah, so when you're giving blowouts, are you really getting blowouts? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> 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 so I learned how to do really good shampoos. I mean, if you can give a woman an orgasm while you're shampooing her hair, you're pretty sure you're going to be leaving with her when her hair's done. <laughs> <laughs> but which hair were you shampooing? Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, that's okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I just turned off half your audience. Didn't you? Sorry. I, uh, I got lucky. I got rated in the top 10% internationally as well. Oh, wow. wow. That's what I love about Michael, though, because like every time we talk to him, I learn something new. It's just the needed thing. Well, that's because I'm an old fart and I couldn't hold <laughs> it off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See, I'm the, on the opposite end. Like, I've been at the same job for 37 years. So, you know. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think you should style Troy's hair. He's got very long, thick hair. That'd be cool. Bring it over. I don't have enough <laughs> hair to style anymore, I don't think. <laughs> do something fun with your beard, though. Near rinse and a buffing cloth. <laughs> just shine it up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I know. I'm all about that video. I think that would be a good video. <laughs> do you do? Do you do your own hair? Pretty much. Yeah. If it hits me in the eye, I cut it off. <laughs> and uh, nope. that's about it. I think someone someone's calling up to yeah, get somebody to get, was uh, ringing. Hair done, I think. I, yeah. Hello. Hey. Hey. I'm good. We're on. Uh, what are we on here? Without your head. We're on without your head. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, that too. But I mean, I'm on. Uh, I'm on a blog. On the internet, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't like want to. I feel awkward well, talking over him while he's talking on the phone. I don't want to be rude. I'm doing interviews. I'm talking to Cynthia. <laughs> and I really regret not saying that one of the best things that happened to me last year was you coming down for my birthday. Oh, that's and I, I really regretted that. <laughs> Not saying that. Yeah, he didn't regret that you came down. He regretted not telling everyone. Right. Yeah, I know. And I don't want to add to it. So I'm, you know, you don't have to help. <laughs> this is a pin from our movie. Mm. Well, oh, like okay. So while he's We're talking, did, have you guys seen any of the ads for the uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey? I, I saw the first trailer, but I haven't seen any since then. I'm really. I think I've seen some pictures of the makeup and yeah, because like Winnie that, the yeah. Pooh, it's uh the it's a uh, public domain now, so they made a horror yeah. film. Wait, he, as long as he doesn't wear the red shirt, I think it's what I heard. Mm. Oh, was the red shirt like a Disney, Disney thing? The Disney is the red shirt. Oh, okay. the red shirt, which was funny. He was he had clothes here, but he was totally. <laughs> Well, call me when that happens. Balling it on the box. You, I think yours in it. So Eeyore must also be from. Uh, I wonder what characters are are like Disney created. I think Tigger is. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't think Tigger. Well, yeah. No killer Tigger. I don't think so. <laughs> Bounce on your head and crush your yeah. <laughs> I saw Metropolis is coming up uh, next year. That'll be public domain. Uh -oh. No way. Wow. Uh, and like, you know, what is it, like 100 years or something? Yeah, yeah, 100. So, yeah. I guess we'll probably see Winnie the Pooh uh, visits uh, Metropolis. At some point. <laughs> He's in the bottom. Just... Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. Well, life has a big. What, what if he's not really talking to anyone forever? <laughs> I've, I've that would be the that best. Too, yeah. That would be awesome. Very possible. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm telling you though, whenever whenever we've talked to him or like, like you know, 
it's like you don't realize what a renaissance guy is like there's all oh, these weird little God. facets of him yeah he I mean, talked you know about you some, just never that know it's amazing yeah he talked about some wild jobs he had uh, when we were out in la uh or, but i, I don't want to ruin these in case he, he tells yeah. the story but he had some very bizarre jobs too it's like always uh, fascinating when you get these people who just sort of uh, live that life oh yeah almost like that sort of you know it, he's like living in a life. yeah he's living in like a woody allen movie or something yeah 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 and his, yeah. annabelle and i were at his apartment there and he it's just filled with art he's got like um um doubt he's got like an original dali like sketch or something that's just so badass that's he's got a so picture awesome. with dali and yeah it's so no, it's wow no i haven't noticed wow. Uh, that's why if he makes a scene at Atlanta, I'd, I'd like to go. You know, like just all hang out. That'd be fun. Yeah. You Jason's know what are those dates? What's that? You no, know, you know the dates for Atlanta. Um, it's I Mar. I think it's early I March. Take gummy bears. I'll get them, but it's a uh, Renegade Film Festival. Okay, yeah. I'll have to look that up then. If we're not, if I don't have, well, I'm, you know, I'm back on SNL again, so I think. Oh, maybe one of those weekends, and maybe that weekend. Because I think we have off the last weekend in in March. Oh, okay. And yeah, I, I would love so. to see it because we, I haven't seen any of you guys. I, I, I know. I've never it's, seen. You yeah, in no, I'd love to. <clears throat> It'll be know. fun if we could get like the whole gang together. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll cool gonna table. try to come. Yeah, he okay. should. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll have to look at the schedule, but if I can, you know, I I I, I haven't seen you know I haven't seen you since yeah since uh, Buffalo Dreams Film Festival, and I've actually never personally have met you in person, Joe. Oh, I know, because we were planning yeah. on getting together yeah. when you were doing the oh, thing in B Town. It's the first yeah, week yeah. of March, March second, March second, third, and fourth. Okay. All right, I'll so it'll have to be another it. time then. Yeah, I'll look at the schedule, see what it yeah. is. You know, you know, maybe I can even you know play hooky we'll see right now we'll they're, they're gonna be wise to you oh shit <laughs> like, oh, no, no it is oh god <laughs> uh, i got the covid <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you just add another line to the little tester kit <laughs> i mean what i heard uh, just go yep exactly get a little blue marker Ding ding! Oh, sorry. Can't make it. Someone who's pregnant and just having pee in it. You know? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else is going on? How are you guys doing? Everything's been good. Um, yeah. yeah, the movie's out. Like I said, uh, let's see. Severed Limbs, our film festival, will be coming up in February. Yep, mm-hmm. that'll be fun. That's awesome. Well, this is Troy's first show back in quite a while. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I, I don't know when I'll be back again. Although the new, the powers that be not next Monday, but the Monday after they'll decide if I can go back on the overnight. And then if I do, then I'll be back. Okay. 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 So yeah, I, I saw, uh, next week. Okay. I did see barbarian. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. yep. I like that it. too. I like that one. The very, the, the first vignette, the first story. I yeah, I, I don't want to spoil moment. our, cause, but um, I think the first forty minutes of it's like a, a great movie, and then yeah. like, I think once the Justin Long uh, character is introduced, it's not it's not as good to me. It becomes yeah. more comedic. 
Plus, I think you kind of you you know what's down there, so a lot all yeah. the tension is lost. I think. Mm. Right, right. That first I mean, forty it's... minutes, they really build a lot of because uh, you know you don't even know what's going on at all. Yeah, and I was you, on the edge of my seat like the first. Yeah, almost you really hour. think yeah. like, oh man, you know, there's got something up with this guy. Uh, for people who don't know, it's like these two people both uh, rented a uh, an Airbnb. And there's just this guy here and there's all these kind of red flags. You think, well, this guy's not, there's not something not right here. And, but then he seems like a good guy. And then you think, well, maybe it's a, uh, you know, really maybe she's, there's something up with her. They're just making you think it's this guy. So I really love that. The first like 40 minutes yeah, of it. And, I thought Skarsgård was so good in it too. I just, I, I yeah. think he's like really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. Uh, yeah, it, I agree. They, they kind of got a little when it started getting really intertwining and stuff like this. And I was a little disappointed in the way it ended. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like it, it started becoming like a routine sort of slasher film that no matter what they did, it was yeah. there again. And no yeah, matter yeah. what they did, it was there again. And it's just like, oh, uh, uh, you know, I know you, uh, yeah. and you know what I mean? But I haven't seen a lot of, I haven't really seen too many horror films, to be honest with you. I've seen a lot this year. I really did think it was yeah. a good year for horror movies. Um, like, yeah. I still think Barbarians were seeing. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, we'll be doing our year-end show sometime next month sometime. So hopefully it'll be me, Troy, Trista, Justin, Bernard, Head, and Alok, uh, Mirsch. I think mm. wants to be on there. So, But Danny, you can zoom in too. So Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll each have our top 13. That'll be that'll be fun to do. Been a lot yeah, of good streaming horror stuff lately, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. And Wednesday was good on um on Netflix. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've not watched it, it yet. But I've heard it. It's, it's, I like it's a little hard because I have a family and sometimes I had to squirrel myself in the basement to see oh, any yeah. kind of thing that the kids will find all footing or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, they still get a little like we we've been actually watching a lot of Japanese Spider Man. Oh, nice! Oh, really? Those are crazy. Oh my god! Those are just so <laughs> wacky. If anyone enjoys, like, I when it came out like in the seventies, yeah, but but in some weird way, it was better than the American. <laughs> well, Spider-Man. yeah, that one was pretty bad too. You know, so it's it's like it's like we were talking before about the the Corman. Fantastic Four being the better of all the Fantastic yeah, Four right. that came yeah. out, and in some ways the Japanese Spider-Man is so much more, you know, more fun. You know, I guess uh, it's insane. Uh, like the guest story saying that Doug Jones said that the uh, that costume was like the most comfortable, but he didn't mean it was comfortable. So that Fantastic <laughs> Four movie is the best Fantastic Four movie. Doesn't mean it's a great movie, but but it's the best. Yeah. Of, it's, it's, it's definitely in the comparison. Most, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is funny, like that one's like so low budget and stuff, and it's fun, it's enjoyable. Then the other ones are giant budgets, and they're just oh yeah, really, like terrible. And and they well, got worse. I think the most recent one yeah. is the absolute worst thing, just terrible. You know, I think when they, when people just sort of try to put their own spin on something that people have been reading for almost fifty years, yep, it's like you know. Don't. One thing I did like about the new Batman is that you didn't. We didn't see Batman's origin again. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That I was happy about. I was like, yeah, we kind of know. Even in like Suicide Squad, we saw the origins of <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the main character. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah, just like what I liked about Batman like again. the Spider-Man one, like um, yeah. you yeah, know, the most recent like, one. It's like we don't need the... to see Uncle Ben again. 
Yeah, we've seen that like in the last just 10 years, it seems like we've seen it two or three times the, the origin of uh, Spider-Man. Then with Batman, not only in the movies, because then they had the TV show, which was almost the origin of Batman. It's like how many times? Oh, yeah. How many different versions of how many different versions of Joker? Like even like going on at the same time, you've got the Joker movie. Then you have Joker and Suicide Squad. Then you have like the Joker and the TV show. Right. That's what I couldn't understand about people being upset about James Gunn coming in to be like the head of DC, the movies and stuff. It's like, well, let the guy try and like try to get some continuity going. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got a clear house, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they're off the table. It just means like we just clear the house. We get a we get a fresh playing field. You see how it works. And then, hey, all right, come on. But I was surprised how good that come back I in. really liked that new Batman movie. Um, that was uh, a really interesting take on Riddler. Was it? You yeah. know, I still haven't so seen Jokers it. I still haven't stuff. seen it was, the movie. It was cool to see someone do something different with Riddler. Yeah, because he was almost like a Jokerish kind of character with the, you know, yeah, very much like a serial killer. Oh, was guy. he? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. I know they're they're doing the new Joker movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. It, which I loved the first one. Yeah, the Joker movie was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, but my whole thing, though, is it's like if he's that old, the Joker, and you saw him introduced to Bruce Wayne when he was like, wow. <laughs> it's like, how old are you going to be when he becomes oh, the, yeah. the Batman? <laughs> You know, it's like you're going to be in a motorized little <laughs> chair with a little thing. Then you just feel out. bad for him. Batman just beat oh, yeah. up this like 65 year old guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I can't kill him. It's like don't worry about it. You know, he's only he's just You're beating about up there. grandpa. Over there. Come <laughs> on, <bro. laughs> I mean, that's just it. I think that's the same thing with with uh, Gotham. He was such a young child. Yeah. You know, and you're introducing all these villains already in in, in the series, and they're like, but he's like a child, and they're like, what, fifteen years more his over probably yeah and they're you know yeah i mean only, only batman has to go i'm gonna wait it out he'll be they'll be they'll be dead soon. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll I'll be in the home out. i can find him there <laughs> find him there, the, <laughs> the old super villain's home exactly you know, yeah. he just goes and beats everybody up <laughs> the penguins in a walker and like <laughs> You'll never get oh, me, man. Batman. Yeah. All right, later day. Go. Did you see? Uh, Tro- I know you, Troy, loves uh, Train to Busan. Did you see the poster for the American remake? The last Yeah, I don't know what to think of that, man. I, <laughs> Welcome back, to me, Michael. I think it's just going to be an ordinary ride into New York. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Everybody's <laughs> packed and they. Uh, so all right. Well, what I always thought about Train to Busan, which made it interesting, was that you know it's the Korean version of a zombie movie, and so it's got no guns in it. Where you know all American zombie movies are, everyone's got a gun. Yeah. So then, if you do an American remake of the Korean movie, I mean, it's probably going to be like in my mind, it'll be just like an, a regular zombie movie. Everyone will have guns in. I, I don't know. I'll have to wait. Maybe it'll do something interesting with it. But it'll be Snyder, think, and there'll be five hundred thousand zombies stuck I think in a with train. A zomb- with, since we've seen so many zombie movies, if you do something, you have to really do something new to make it like stand out. You yeah. can't just keep making another zombie movie. 
I only got to be a zombie once. Ooh. And that was uh the video did I know that movie. I know that movie. Yeah. I used to work in a video store many years ago. I thought after after I thought I had way too much personality for a zombie. <laughs> I think you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Beating us chili and I'm going mm. <laughs> and, and petting her arm. <laughs> yeah, because I think that one, I think it had like a Rich Corbin like uh, poster or like the the old you know, movie case or something. That's what the I remember did? about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look it up here. Uh, is that the is it the is that the one where there's the skull the skulls coming up out of like a Yeah, that's it. He's coming is up. That yeah, one? that's oh, the one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I yep. one. Yeah, can you see this? Yeah, yes. Pull back a little awesome. bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but we can see it. Yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, got that almost one. a third of his budget on this poster. Really? <laughs> yeah, well, it was a $35,000 movie. Wow. And uh, and I own part of that because it was a limited edition uh, or a limited partnership. And then the distributor went bankrupt, and I've been trying to chase down my money ever since. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I actually, you know, the thing was actually making me money. I mean, I, I was supposed to get 1400 a week, and uh, I, got, I got that right away. Uh, and then uh, the last check I got was about 3500 and then the uh, distributor went bankrupt, and now MGM has had it out. It's been on TV here several times, and so I know there's more money there, but I'm not getting it. That's and I finally right. found the paperwork. No, that's no good at all. Uh, I found a lawyer, and then somebody came out from New York to interview me about this the the video dead. And I crammed everything in boxes and threw it in the bedroom. So when they showed up here, the place didn't look like it normal. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been able to find it since. <laughs> oh, no. That one you're going to have to find then, especially like, you know, if, if there's some pesos to be made from it, then do it. Yeah, I know. And, no. uh, you know, I'm better you getting it than some fat cat like somewhere else, you know. Well, it's hard being an overweight, starving actor, <laughs> but uh, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a Tuesday coming up. You got some more tacos down the line. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> Enjoy the Tuesdays while you're cat. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I got a boogie. I got the dogs. I got a boogie right. out with well, them. So, yeah, we'll probably wrap up here, but we'll be back next week. We're going to have a double header next week. We're going to have Abraham Ben Ruby of Christmas Bloody Christmas, which is going to be very cool, and Andrea Lang and Daniela Maximilian of the Adult Swims Yule Log. So, even though Christmas is over, oh, that's we're awesome. have some guests from Christmas movies next week. That's cool. 
Thanks, uh, Dylan Mars Greenberg for Music of the Month this month. And next month, we will have the Tomb of Nick Cage will be our Music of the Month. And we're going to start opening up the Zoom lines, and we'll take Zooms uh, every week here after the interview. That's awesome. That sounds fun. It sounds like fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Craig, Michael, Neil, it was Thank great you. seeing hey. all of you. Yeah, guys. I apologize for going away, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Getting me a new. I, I would love to hang out with him and just listen to his stories. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I I couldn't let her go because she's even flakier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Love you guys. Yeah, we will talk to you everyone soon. And now that, that Michael's on Zoom, we can get him on more often and we'll okay, catch up. Uh, with Happy New Year. Fun. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Personally, I'm holding out for the Chinese New Year's. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's much more fun. What's the what's yeah. the year that what's this year's? What's the uh Chinese I'm not New sure Year? What, what animal it is. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either up really all i know is it's just before my birthday so well there you go yeah, yeah. and you only have uh 33 more shopping days till my birthday all right <laughs> I, I i i will get you something i'll let you all right fair <laughs> hey everybody hey. it's good to catch good up night, everybody. everybody good to see you yeah same here good, good night for having me good night